This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Monty in the Morning. Two sleeps and we out. Yeah. Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Super stoked to be with you today. Uh, Big update on the Donovan Mitchell situation. Where are the Utah Jazz going to end up trading Donovan Mitchell? Will the Utah Jazz end up trading Donovan Mitchell? And can the Utah Jazz still make a deal with the Knicks? Or are the Utah Jazz talking to the Washington Wizards? We have all of that for you. Don't forget, uh, starting today, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, BYU offensive lineman Harris Lachance will join the show at 8 o'clock every Wednesday morning presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Great to have Papa Murphy's on the show. Make sure that you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um... A lot to get to this morning. One of the things we got to talk about, Jake, is this water shortage thing. Yeah. I was a little surprised that you were like, hey, man, we got to talk about the water shortage thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if it's not, uh, you know, if it's not water shortages out west, it's it's huge storms knocking off facilities and people don't have running water. So whether it's because of you're out of water or because of a storm knocking out your systems, there's a water shortage. Anyway, yeah. you, any way you slice it. So I felt like... It was definitely pertinent to talk about. Any way you slice it, we'll do that today as well. By the way, the uh, new iPhone is coming out here in a couple of weeks, like 10 days now, I think. Something like that, yeah. And it's incredibly overpriced, and people are not amused. 17 hundo for the iPhone Pro Max. Yeah. So we got all that coming up. But without further ado, let's get you the very latest on Donovan Mitchell and his situation with the Utah Jazz. Jake, I I wonder your thoughts on this because – we heard a lot of talk yesterday about the Jazz and the Knicks, and are the Knicks still in the driver's seat for Donovan Mitchell? And I'm here to tell you, absolutely they are. Now, I know that a lot of people have talked about the Washington Wizards. I know a lot of people have talked about draft picks, unprotected draft picks. Do you see any way, shape, or form that the Washington Wizards can swoop in and steal this from the New York Knicks? No, and I, and I think that that you know what's really interesting as far as the Wizards are concerned is if you look around publicly, there's not really been a a definitive offer on like, hey, they offered X, Y, and Z, and they feel really good about that. All we're hearing is that they feel really good about the offer that they submitted and feel like they're in, quote, the running for Donovan Mitchell. And my biggest thing here is that I, still, when you compare the Knicks offer in that, in that three-team scenario, there is no... Um, you know, no other team that's going to be able to match that. Now, if you said to me, hey, the Wizards want to get involved in a as a third team and they want to compete with the Lakers to be that third team, okay, I could totally understand that. I can I can definitely see that, how the Wizards would want to add, right. you know, a Boyan Bogdanovich or maybe a Mike Conley or, you know, whatever the case may be, they want to add a certain player that the Utah Jazz have. I could completely see that, but I just don't see how the Wizards are, frankly, Really, any other team in the league is going to come up with the the draft compensation and the young players that the Knicks are able to come up with. And so 
that's why I say, like, you know, today's today's sort of headline is like, where is Donovan Mitchell going, or where are they going to trade him to? I just think that it's it's such a wasteland of of a ton of teams. And what's funny is you only really have one team in the Knicks who can make that substantial offer. So to me, it just it, it just doesn't make sense that Danny Ainge would would change course here, deviate, and you know be on the Knicks for like six weeks, and then all of a sudden make a right hand turn to go to Washington with Donnie. That just well, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I I think one of the things that's very clear is that this R.J. Barrett thing I I think is exponentially been blown out of proportion. Like, I mean, massively blown out of proportion. I don't believe, and I've said this for months, go back and watch. I don't believe that RJ Barrett was ever going to be a deal breaker in this trade. Right. I think the young talent, the quicklies, the grimes, the top ins, the McBrides, those are the guys that are going to be the deal makers or breakers for the Knicks. And when I look at the Washington wizards and I look at their cap, I just don't see the talent there to to get a deal for Donovan Mitchell done. Now, I also understand that, obviously, Kyle Kuzma is a guy that has ties to Utah, but does Kyle Kuzma really excite Danny Ainge far more than an R.J. Barrett does? I've been told he does not. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you have the young talent needed in Washington to make this trade happen. I mean, they barely would have the salary cap number, the salary numbers in total, Um, you'd have to use, I think, four players from Washington coming to the Jazz to get those numbers to work just at a minimum threshold. Yeah, I think this would be a very difficult deal for Danny Ainge to justify with the Wizards. And Jake, I still think the Knicks are in the driver's seat on this deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I I completely agree about the R.J. Barrett thing, about it being blown out of proportion and like people kind of freaking out over it and and saying like, oh, well, this means that the deal is dead and RJ can't be moved. And it's like, yes, in certain scenarios and certain complexities, RJ Barrett could still be included in this trade. But, but I think the bigger thing here that, that people need to understand is uh, once again, and I know this is kind of cheesy, but it's a process. Like I feel like, you know, again, that Leon Rose tried to try to set this like arbitrary deadline and tried to kind of dictate to Danny Ainge, like, hey, you're either going to do the deal or we're going to sign R.J. Barrett. Even though we've heard all along that R.J. Barrett was not at the core of this deal. And so it just surprises me. Like, frankly, I was surprised that that Leon Rose took that approach of, like, setting this deadline and, and trying to sort of dictate in the situation. And I understand that, you know, both of these organizations can't just sit on the Donovan Mitchell pot for, for forever and, you know, and be okay with that. That's not going to work. But to but to try to set a timeline, you know, leveraging R.J. Barrett just didn't want to ma- didn't make sense to me. I no. could kind of see if you wanted to leverage Grimes because Grimes has been the coveted player, and you want to say, hey, like we're either going to get a deal done or 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 this current setup is not going to work. We're going to take Grimes off the table. I can see that. That to me makes sense. But this whole R.J. Barrett situation. I agree. It's blown out of proportion, has, has I feel like, stirred the media drink, if you will. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if a deal, like, still happened. I mean, who would be surprised if Sunday, let's say, or, like, over the weekend, you know, there was a Woj bomb saying Donnie got traded. I mean, I don't think anybody would really be surprised by that if these no. two kind of came together. But if you look at what the Knicks have compared to what the Wizards have. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you you start looking at numbers on the the Wizards' salary cap. I mean, Bradley Beal, forty three point two million, not going to happen. Chris Stapps Porzingis, thirty three point eight million, not going to happen. Will Barton, fourteen point three million, not going to happen. Then there's Kyle Kuzma at thirteen million flat. Okay, let's surmise. Let's just surmise that Kyle Kuzma uh, could be involved in that. Which again, I'm just telling you. Uh, I I don't see that as a as a real possibility. Talking about the Wizards, that a thirteen million dollar Kyle Kuzma number is going to excite Danny Ainge. Yeah, but let's just say because you got to have somebody of of value in there, right? So Kyle Kuzma at thirteen million, Monty Morris at nine point one. No, I, that's not of interest. No. Delon Wright seven point eight million. No, uh, Rui Hachimura. Okay, six point two six million. I think he has to be in the deal. Now you're if you put Hetchmer and Kyle Kuzma in and add Donovan Mitchell, are you a better team if you're the Washington Wizards? I don't think you are. And that's only halfway to the salary number that you need to get to. Right. So right there, I I, I if you go down a little bit, Danny Avja, Johnny Davis, like those are both four to five million dollar players. Right. Okay. Is Taj Gibson somebody that the Jazz would be excited about? Certainly not. This is the Knicks deal to make or not. And I think if the Knicks and Jazz don't make this deal, um, I've been told that the Jazz have no problem bringing Donovan Mitchell to training camp because I just don't see another deal out there that matches what you're going to get from from the Knicks. And again, this is why I've said, Leon Rose has handled this very, very well. Right. Danny Ainge has handled this very, very well. You can tell they are both savvy operators. Leon Rose did not let this deal you know, interrupt Nick business with RJ Barrett. And I think that, you know, all these reports out there could be true that Danny Ainge had to have RJ Barrett. I have, I've been told the opposite of that, that RJ Barrett was not a deal breaker, that the jazz did not want to pay RJ Barrett. And now that, you know, he could make up to $120 million. Yeah. It makes sense that you wouldn't want to extend him if you trade Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah. I think this deal can still be put together. It is simply, does Leon want to give up Emmanuel quickly? And I, I guess Grimes. I, I mean, I are you really telling me? And I know I said this yesterday. I'm sorry. But are you really telling me that Quentin Grimes is the deal breaker in a, a Donovan Mitchell New York Nick deal? Yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of silly, Man. right? If you really kind of get into that and sort of digest it a bit, it, it does sound kind of silly for the Knicks to say, yeah, we're not going to do a Donovan Mitchell deal because we don't want to give up Quentin Grimes. And and to me, it's kind of the price you pay. Like, if you want that premier player, that win-now player, you have to give up your future. You know, you can't have it both ways. Like, that's why I think when you look at, like, the Golden State Warriors model and what they put together, that's why it's so special because they've been able to accomplish what few teams have, which is, hey, we're winning now. We're at the top of the sport now, but we also have our future on the roster. And so with this Knicks and Donovan Mitchell thing, I, I, I'm not suggesting that Leon Rose has some expectation that that Danny Ainge would, would allow the Knicks to have their win-now guy and their future. But I just think that that Leon is – this is a tough task. I have to be honest. Like, w- because of where Donovan Mitchell is as a player, this this conversation would be way easier if you could legitimately and comfortably say, yeah, if we sign Donovan Mitchell, we're uh, Eastern Conference Finals, 
you know, contender, no doubt about it. Like, if you could say that the way you can say it with guys like Kevin Durant or, you know, the other whatever name you want to come up with. Right. This conversation, like, this deal would probably be done already, I feel like. Because at that point, then you're like, yeah, I am willing to give up Grimes. I am willing to, you know, give up my significant future assets because I want to win now. So it, I'm not trying to make it an indictment on Donovan Mitchell. I just think it's where he's at as a player. It's where he's at in his career arc. So we'll see. But I, I just think that 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 at some point this conversation has to like be put on pause or or the deal has to get done. Like you have to get to the business of moving on now. Whether that is doing the deal or whether that is saying, hey, we're gonna pause or we're gonna you know just kind of put talks on hold for for the first month of the season, let's say, or, you know, whatever they decide to do. I just think we're getting close now. What's today? Today's the 31st of August. Like you're in, you're basically going into September now. Camp is, is a month away. Like you're not far away here, man. Like it's time to get moving on this Donovan Mitchell stuff. And I just think that, you know, more so for the Knicks and the jazz, in my opinion, but you got to know who you're going into camp with. You do. And that starts with your star player. So I think they got to figure it out like quickly, very fast. Yeah, I would agree. This hour of the show is presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure that you check them out online at barbecuepitstop.com, bbqpitstop.com. Check them out in Layton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George. Um, just simply put the best barbecue equipment store in the business. I mean, no matter where you are, uh, you can shop online. If you're not close to one of their stores, feel free to get to their website, bbqpitstop.com. Um, a full selection, whether it's a smoker, a, a barbecue grill, maybe you're still that briquette guy, which, man, you got to get out of the Stone Age. Um, I'm telling you to get into a Traeger smoker. They are unbelievable. Whether it is their Ironwood series, their Timberline series, no matter where you're going, I love Traeger, but they also have Yoder's, Big Green Eggs, your flavor. They've got it at Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and Murray. Don't forget, we'll be there at the uh, Lehigh location on September 17th. Super stoked to tell you we're going to have uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza on hand for you. We're going to smoke it. Uh, we're going to have wings on hand for you. We're going to smoke those. All of their great rubs and spices will be on hand. It's going to be an amazing day as we watch BYU in Utah, or excuse me, BYU in Oregon. I must make that mistake three times a week. Hey, it is uh, what it is, man. We'll watch BYU in Oregon, uh, you know, a watch party. Then at halftime of the BYU-Oregon game, we are going to announce the winner of our BYU drive away to see BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas, where you are going to get um, two tickets to that game. You're going to get two nights at the Palms Resort Hotel and Casino and a $250 gas card to get you there. <laughs> It is our BYU Notre Dame Shamrock Series drive away in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. If you have not been there, amazing, spectacular, absolutely amazing, absolutely spectacular. And with football kicking off, you've got about 10 days to get to the barbecue pit stops uh, here in Utah. Again, they are in Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake City, and St. George. There's a box on the counter, fill out the slip, drop it in. And you could be going to see BYU and Notre Dame. Quick life hack, really quick, with Barbecue Pit Stop. So you can go in to enter our contest, right? But when you go in there, ask them about winning 
uh, a smoker. We've had multiple listeners yes. go in yes. to enter our contest, but then when they went in, they also entered to win a smoker because Barbecue Pit Stop themselves gives away smokers all the time. So if you're somebody and you're saying, hey, I, you know, I want to get a smoker, or I want to, you know, wh whatever the case may be, I want to get a certain thing from Barbecue Pit Stop, odds are they're doing a giveaway of some kind. So we've actually had two people in the last, what, I, I think probably two months or so on the different giveaways months, Barbecue Pit weeks. Stop do. Within the last three weeks. Within the last three weeks. Lauren Miller won it. Yeah. And then Dwayne, Dwayne Boone won it. Um, like it's crazy yeah. how many people have won a Traeger smoker on this show. So ask him about it. Ask him because we've given away a Traeger on the show. Two of our listeners have then gone into Barbecue Pit Stop and won a Traeger. So if you want one, if you're interested in a smoker, go in there. If you're not interested in a smoker, still go in there. Check out the seasonings. I'm just going to say it once. Italian Chop House seasoning. You're welcome. Go oh, and buy man. it. That's amazing. Yes. Absolutely Go and amazing. buy it. Go and buy it. So, having said all that, uh, check them out online, bbqpitstop.com. Uh, that is how you're going to get the hookup at Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, hey, by the way, Big 12 breaking news coming up in 14 minutes right here uh, on Monty in the morning. We will have huge news regarding the Big 12. Don't forget, in an hour and 15 minutes, Harris Lachance, BYU offensive lineman, uh, will join us to get you ready for BYU and USF. Don't forget, that game is Saturday, um, 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Doesn't that make it 10 a.m. Maui, Kona, Hawaii? Hawaii! Hawaii! Time. Hawaii. Yeah, we're going to be in Hawaii on Hell Saturday yeah. Hell uh, yeah. for that game. By the way, by the way, something to consider. BYU is a 12-point favorite in that game. <sighs> Dude. 12 points on the road in South Florida uh, at Raymond James Stadium. BYU is a 12-point favorite. Dude. Uh, so on. we'll talk to uh, Harris LaChance coming up again. Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Harris LaChance and uh, our BYU drive away like Papa Murphy's is involved in that. We're kicking off here in three minutes our uh, Football at 50 segment um, brought to you by Papa Murphy's. Use promo code MONTY25. M-O-N-T-Y, Monty25, when you order your Papa Murphy's pizza, it gets you 25% off an order of $25 or more. That saves you about 7 bucks. Yeah. So that's really good money. So uh, a couple other things I want to get to um, because, again, as football season is, we're, we're days away from kickoff now. We are going to be doing football at 50, 10, uh, 10 to the hour, every hour. We bring you the biggest stories uh, in football. That's coming up here in about two minutes. We'll get back to Nixon Jazz, um, as well as this, this breaking news story that we're going to get to in a minute on football at 50. So all of that is coming up uh, on the show. We'll get back to Nixon Jazz. But I, I just want to say, I see all the, the Nick fans and the Jazz fans here. My bottom line on Nixon Jazz this is a Knicks deal to walk away from or not. Mm -hmm. And I think, as we have talked about for, I don't know, weeks, the most pertinent question when it comes to Don and the Knicks, is it time for the New York Knicks to walk away from this deal? Because they've offered, I have confirmed it through multiple sources, the New York Knicks have offered the Utah Jazz as many as three unprotected first-round picks and Danny said no. Danny wants four, which is why the Knicks went out and, and got the Lakers, as we reported last week. Lakers and Jazz and Knicks had a deal done in that, in that, and I want to be careful because I know this freaked a bunch of people out. 
they had four unprotected first-round picks going to the Jazz in that deal. And the, the, the simple part of it was the Knicks just didn't want to include IQ. They didn't want to include Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin. Like, they didn't want to give away all of their young players and two of their own picks for Donovan Mitchell. And I think they could have, they could have added a Jordan Clarkson. They could have added other pieces there. I just don't think that Leon Rose has enough of an appetite for Donovan Mitchell to say, you know what? Yep, we're going to give up three young players, two unprotected first-round picks. Mm -hmm. I just don't think Leon Rose is there. Yeah. I really don't. All right, let's get to football at 50, 10 to the hour. Every hour, we're bringing the biggest stories in football um, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use promo code uh, MONTY25 to get 25% off your Papa Murphy's order. Um, You can order online. They have a great, easy-to-use app. All you got to do is plug in promo code MONTY25. Breaking news this morning out of the Big 12. Um, The Big 12 enters early TV negotiations with ESPN and Fox. Um, Pete Thamel had this story first about 15 minutes ago. This is a big, big deal. If you are a Big 12, Pac-12 merger fanatic, this is a big one. This is so smart by the Big 12. Just, I think this is incredibly smart because now what it's going to allow you to do by entering early negotiations with Fox and ESPN, it's going to allow you to put a dollar value on your membership and those prospective universities that you are looking to add. I'm talking about you, San Diego State. I think that is the big prize in Southern California. And when you look at at what the the current situation in the Pac-12 is, You don't have a California TV market south of the Bay Area. So you've got Berkeley, then a little bit below that. You've got Stanford and Palo Alto, and then you have nothing. San Diego State is a huge bargaining chip for the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And Jake, I think this is a big deal that the Big 12 is going to early negotiations with Fox and ESPN. Yeah, it's exactly what they should be doing. I I think that your point there about valuations and, and, and kind of putting a number on the different opportunities, whether it is San Diego State or any other school that would be considering entering uh, the Big 12, like, I don't know, some school called Utah. Um, I think it's really important that 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 you kind of put numbers to this and understand what you're really looking at and what the TV money looks like for these different markets. And yeah, San Diego State, because of what you just described, is ultra important to the Big 12, in my opinion. And, and I know... You know, we talked two weeks ago about how there's politics out there in Stillwater and you've got, you know, some folks who don't want San Diego State in the Big 12. But, you know, frankly, it's California, you know, and geographically speaking, the Big 12 could use a little bit of uh, spreading out, in my opinion, specifically West. So I I think this is smart. I think that um, the Big 12 is, like I said, I think the third tier conference when you look at the national landscape, I, I, I think eventually college football turns into this two conference sort of juggernaut. But until that time, I think if you're the big 12, you just have to proceed forward and understand that the PAC 12 is getting dissolved. There's as we're referring to it. Now the PAC is dissolving. And I think the big 12 understands that it needs to define, you know, those different markets so it can do business. So this to me is brilliant. Yeah. Football 50 presented by uh, Papa Murphy's pizza. 
uh, as we talk about the breaking news this morning that the Big 12 has entered early TV negotiations with Fox and ESPN, and, and I think this is a predatory move. That's the best word that I've been able to come up with. I think when you look at the Big 12 um, and you you look at what Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, is doing, he is he is telling the Pac-12, we are valuing all of your assets, and yeah. we are and we are ready to come in with a hostile takeover. Yeah, it's like Monopoly, right? Like I, you, you're I, the guy selling all your houses, and, and the other guys like got to value them all. That's exactly what this is. What, and, and you know, frankly, I don't think the the Pac-12 wants to sell all their other houses. To be fair, I think that the <laughs> Pac-12 realizes now that they're in real trouble. And if you look across this country, and you look about you know the available real estate in college football. There's not much, mm-hmm. and and when you you start to look at places like the ACC, you look at you know you know stories of the past, like the Big East is a really interesting example yes. of a conference that, that essentially has disappeared. And you look at where the ACC is, you look at where um, the big the 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 Pac-12 and the Big 12 are. One of those conferences is going away. Maybe all three of them go away. I don't know. But I can tell you in the near term, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 is going away. And my feeling is, Brett Yormark is doing the exact right thing here. He is going to do everything that he can do to eviscerate and evaporate the Pac-12. Yeah. And I will just again say, if I am the Big 12, I am going after San Diego State. I am going after Utah. I'm going after the Arizona schools. I think if you're the Big 12, you'd really like to add Cal and Stanford, but the other thing that this does that a lot of people aren't talking about is I think this puts the Big Ten on notice to say, hey, now the Big 12 is activated. Because what did we see Brett Yormark do over the last couple of weeks? Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark was traveling the conference, yeah. talking to presidents, meeting with his membership, trying to get a real firm grasp and build a foundation that allowed the conference to move in the same direction, unified together, which is exactly what the Pac-12 has not done. Correct. Which is how USC and UCLA wound up in the in the Big Ten. But I can tell you, Commissioner Warren in the Big Ten, they're ready to move. They don't have to wait. They can do whatever they would like to do. And now it would appear that this is that domino that we've talked about. Somebody's going to push the dominoes over and they're all going to fall. I think that's exactly what the Big 12 very well may have done this morning by opening up negotiations early with with Fox and ESPN because I think ESPN has played this perfectly, by Beautifully. the way. I think ESPN knew if they got in early on the SEC that they would save money. They knew if they pulled out of the Big Ten negotiations, they would save money. And I think they are going to leverage a deal where there is a merger between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. The next time I hear that will not be the first time Mm -hmm. that ESPN has a, a vested interest and seeing these two conferences come together because all that's going to do is flood ESPN with content because then ESPN gets one big conference where they can have, you know, Pac-12 after dark. Well, they can have Big 12, Pac-12 combo, whatever that conference winds up being called. Yep. They can have all those teams in one pot. They can have multiple late window games that they can dominate. They can then compete with Fox and NBC on this Saturday late night package that NBC announced that they're going to have with the Big Ten. I think there's a lot here, Jake. 
I think that that the Big 12 and ESPN have acted really decisively and very wisely when it comes to the business of college football. Absolutely, and I think the Big 12 and the Big uh, in in the Big 10. I think you know it makes sense to me that those two conferences would be talking. The commissioners of those two conferences would talk, and they'd say, "Okay, we got to eat up the Pac-12. Like, hey, we're the Big 10. We're going to take this group of teams that we've talked about at nauseum. You know, the Oregon's, the Washingtons." We're going to take some of these teams, and then you guys can have the rest. And frankly, I think a lot of people characterize that, hey, you guys can have the rest portion as a bunch of trash that wasn't valuable. But I think this whole concept of the conference talking to ESPN has yes. made it valuable. They found a way to, to make it valuable. And I'm telling you, and it's not going to happen tomorrow or even in the next five years, but I'm telling you, inside of a decade, college football will be two super conferences running the entire country in the SEC and the Big 10 and these moves right here to to you know swallow up the Pac 12 you're going to get rid of the Pac 12 and that's going to turn into obviously the Big 10 and the Big 12 and then I think eventually the ACC is next on the chopping block in my opinion not now Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not a month from now. Boy, but you've been saying that for a minute. Why do you feel like the ACC is is that team that's Be vulnerable? Because I don't think that the ACC, from a football standpoint, has any sort of punching power. That is a basketball conference, and I think when you get down to it, what speaks and what what pulls weight in, in college athletics? Well, Money. Yeah. And I think that that when you look at the SEC, they've led the way in you know, in, in meaningful football, revenue generation, TV contracts, like they've been leading the way. And I'm telling you, the Big Ten is in the middle of all of this. They're not the number one conference in the country, but they're the one that's making the most moves. And so that's why I say, I think eventually, again, not, not tomorrow, not in a month, not even in five years, but I'm talking about like from big picture, decade to decade, I would not be surprised if, if we saw a lot more of this like conference disappearing stuff. And the, you see on the screen Pete Thamel, uh, ESPN College Football Insider, uh, tweeting this just about 25 minutes ago now. The Big 12 and its TV partners, Fox and ESPN, have agreed to enter early contract discussions about the league's next television deal. The conversations will begin soon and come a year and a half before the contract's exclusive negotiating window this is a big, big deal in college football. By the way, Utah, you might want to win against Florida this week. Well, Just pointing that out. And I'll put that I'll put that Kyle Whittingham quote back on the screen where Kyle talked about, you know, hey, it's important for the Pac-12 to make noise on a national scene whenever we get the opportunity like that. We have to make the most of it. If you want to gain respect, gain national attention, you got to come out and win some of those games. Hopefully we can go down there. Gainesville, uh, and play like we're capable of. That's Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham right there. I mean, I think he just is, on point. He is acutely aware of what's on the line for Utah and and the Pac-12 when his Utes, number seven in the country, Saturday at five o'clock Mountain Time, a three-point favorite at the Swamp against Florida. This is a big moment in time for Utah. This is a yes. big moment in time for the Pac-12. So wow, what a what a way to kick off our uh, our first football at fifty. Yeah. Presented by Papa Murphy's with big breaking news. The big breaking news is Papa Murphy's pizza is amazing. It is. Um, we talk about this all the time. We just talked about barbecue pit stop. If you have not smoked a Papa Murphy's pizza, and the best part about Papa Murphy's pizza, it's take and bake. You make it, you customize it, 
any way you want. They build the pizza for you. And the nice thing about Papa Murphy's is they have a really easy online setup. You can use their app, which I do. I'm a member. Um, You sign up. It's free to have it. They give you points. So they give you free things like desserts. When you order, you know, pizza from them, you order enough pizza, they give you free chocolate chip cookies that you can (laughs) bake. Like they have all these great, you know, items to just help you get free dessert. Yeah. And now, you know, with Papa Murphy's, if you enter promo code Monty 25 at checkout, you get 25% off your order at $25 or more. All you do is go online. They have gluten-free crust. They have regular crust. Like my favorite pizza at Papa Murphy's is a custom pizza. Yeah. Traditional crust. Um, I get barbecue sauce. Yeah. Barbecue sauce is a pizza hack. I mean, just flat out is a pizza hack. And I think that like, that's the cool thing here. Like if you, um, if you don't eat a lot of pizza, try Papa Murphy's. And if you are thinking about smoking pizza, but not sure, come to the event. We'll show you how to smoke pizza. That's literally one of the reasons why we partnered with Papa Murphy's because we smoke pizza a ton already and we wanted to share that. And it's a huge thing. And we didn't know anything about it before we had a smoker. Yeah. So it's it's one of our favorite things now. And now it's absolutely changed the game. So you put that barbecue sauce, you put the cheese on there. Now, I'm typically a sausage guy when I, when I get my pizza. But at Papa Murphy's, usually I get mushroom, their onion mix, which is fabulous, and green onions with a little bit of pineapple. More cheese on top of that. You throw it on a 425-degree smoker. I don't know. What do you think? 25 minutes? Yes. And make sure it comes on when they when they make the pizza, it comes on a little like paper sort of tray of some like it's not it's not actually paper. They call it a paper tray, but it's like it's it's heat resistant. You can put it in your oven on your smoker. Leave it on the tray. Pop that thing in the oven or the smoker, preferably the smoker, and just go for 25, 30 minutes, depending on how crispy you want it. I would uh, I would tell you 25 minutes. The crust is perfect. The Monty Show, welcome in. It's good to see you here, friends. Um, we have a lot going on this morning. Don't forget, one hour from right now, Harris Lachance, BYU offensive lineman, will join us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Harris will be here to talk BYU football, presented by... Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, tomorrow, by the way, on the show, we have another huge sponsor announcement. So we're kind of ballers at this point. We're you moving. Saying? And by the way, I have to say, I know we're going to get to sports here again. But I have to say, you guys have done an incredible job at Barbecue Pit Stop. Like, they are thrilled. They are super happy. Like, they're going to continue on the show. Like, we're really pleased and we're really, like, happy about it. Yeah, and that's the name of the game. We need you guys to support our sponsors, and we really appreciate when you guys do that. I mean, we obviously, we're all here for the sports and the lifestyle and, you know, Jake calling me fat every day. Like, that's what we're here for. Fat! Um, but you supporting our sponsors is a is absolutely a part of that. Let's get back to the Knicks and the Jazz, because that's I actually... Right, get back to it. Let's I actually go. think this is a big deal. Um, the latest on the, the Donovan Mitchell trade rumors is... Now, all of a sudden, the Washington Wizards, according to sources across the NBA, sources um, believe that they have put themselves in a position to make a competitive offer for Donovan Mitchell, one that Danny Ainge would like. I just don't believe that they can. I mean, the talent on their roster that would be coming back in return for Don isn't even close to an Emmanuel quickly, even an Obi Toppin. Mm. And I don't, I don't by any stretch believe that Obi Toppin is some kind of superstar. 
But I think that when you're talking about a, a Hachimura or a Kuzma, I, I, I don't get excited about that. And when you look at the money that would have to come back in return, you're talking about probably four players at a minimum mm -hmm. to make this this Jazz Wizards deal work 1v1. You're looking <clears> at four players at a minimum, and Kyle Kuzma is almost certainly having to be one of those players. Yeah. I just don't see how that works. And I look at the, the deal the Knicks can make uh, with the Jazz, and if you can get the Lakers involved in that deal where the Lakers end up with Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, they give up two first-round picks that are unprotected to the Jazz. The Knicks get in on that deal. They give up two first-round picks that are unprotected to the Jazz. And you add a guy like a, even if it is, even if it is Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin, that to me, four unprotected first-round picks, Quickly, Toppin, you know, the veterans to make that deal work, and Evan Fournier, you know, a Cam Reddish. If you've got to take back Russell Westbrook's $47 million, hey, I'm all good with that. That deal works to me. The Knicks win, the Lakers win, the Jazz win. That's how trade circles go round and round in this league. Yeah. Leon Rose was not willing to make that deal on Monday. Is he willing to make that deal by Friday? I have no idea. Is he willing to make that deal by the time training camp starts? My guess is he will. At some point, Leon Rose, if, if, if the Knicks and the Jazz continue to talk, and my sources tell me they are, I got to believe that Leon Rose is going to come to the middle you because know. he really has resisted. I'm, and, and again, I have a hard time. It's even hard for me to say yeah. that we're not making this deal over Quentin Grimes. Yeah. Like, with all due respect to Quentin Grimes. Right. And I, I, he's a fabulous young talent. And with all due respect... Has Quinn Grimes shown you anything that makes you say, well, we got to hang on to him? From it, it, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a hell of a player, but we can't give up Quentin Grimes. Well, in this concept that the Knicks need another guy, like it, 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 you're, you're clearly in win-now mode. You're clearly in yes. chasing a deep playoff run, like making a difference, like being a contender, being relevant. That's what the mode the Knicks are in, and I just think that – I agree with Nick fans in in the in in this whole concept of hey you can't give up the farm for Donovan Mitchell because then you can't go and do more like during your off season like it it really limits your options. I agree with that concept, but I also agree with the concept that if the Lakers are willing to give up those two unprotected first round picks and you are only giving up two unprotected first round picks, that big hurdle about the picks is out of the way. It's taken care of. The Lakers are happy with Conley and, and, and Bogdanovich or some former fashion of that portion. So the Lakers are good. This is like the as a third team, you're good to go there. The green light is on. It's just a matter of Grimes and these players, this player combination, it feels like at this point. And to not do a deal for Donovan Mitchell over Grimes, to me, is just Crazy. silly, man. Like, Crazy. like do the deal. Go and make other deals after the Donovan deal. Ride the media wave. Ride the positivity. Ride the the train that is Donovan Mitchell in Nick's threads, and and see what happens. I'm sorry. Did you say Nick's threads? Yes, dude. So you mean the fit that he would wear? Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's correct. That's awesome. I don't think there's any doubt this is a Nick's deal. I I just don't. I think all this other stuff is smoke screens. The Charlottes, the Wizards. That's cool, man. That you wanna that you wanna get in and make a deal for Donovan Mitchell. 
the Knicks got you beat here. Yeah. Leon Rose, if he wants to make this trade, he can make this trade. I would be really surprised, you know, just knowing the way that the Jazz have operated through this whole thing, I'd be really surprised if if Donovan Mitchell wore any other shirt that that wasn't a Knicks shirt. I mean, the respect. Even the Heat. I the Heat would I think with what the Heat have in in house right now, they'd have to make a four team deal. Yeah. To get this to work. I just don't think the Heat are a contender. And, and you know, yeah. the other thing here, the the question you gotta ask yourself is we've heard all about a Charlotte Lakers Jazz three team deal. Right. What are the Lakers gonna get out of a, a Charlotte deal? Is Terry Rozier enough of a enough of a guy? Cause let's say that that Charlotte ends up with Donovan Mitchell, which I think is a pipe dream. Let's say the Knicks are out of this altogether. Charlotte ends up with Donovan Mitchell. And they're willing to give up a Terry Rozier and a Gordon Hayward, let's say. Mm -hmm. Is Danny Ainge interested in acquiring Gordon Hayward for Donovan Mitchell? No. Is Are the Lakers really hell-bent now that they got Pat Bev? Are you really trying to sell me that they're going to take a Terry Rozier? That that math doesn't add up for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's I, not a championship roster in L.A. Yeah, I think if I'm Danny Ainge, I I I'm not interested in Gordon. I am somewhat interested in Terry Rozier. I, again, I think. See, here's the thing: the Lakers portion of any conversation is very straightforward. We've got these two unprotected first round picks, and and we want Bogdanovich or Conley or both. We would Bogdanovich really is the value piece for them. Because they need the the three point shooter in the corner. That that's what the Lakers need. And I just look at these other teams. Like I almost feel like it's it's a, a um, you know just a melting pot of these fringe teams who want to be involved but can't do what the Knicks can do. And and we're just hearing a lot of noise around it. And and I'm a big believer when it comes to NBA trades and how business is done to keep it simple. Like it's very much, in my opinion a line item thing for the most part. Hey, first hurdle is for Danny is I need four unprotected first round picks. That's the first hurdle in any Donovan Mitchell trade. That's what we've heard consistently. We can all agree on that. Okay, check that off, right? We've got that covered. Two from the Lakers, two from the Knicks, right? Okay, other teams looking at this are saying, okay, well, we can replace those two that the Knicks are offering. So we can check that off. Then when we get to the players, that's when the separation occurs because the Knicks have so many young players that Danny Ainge covets, and other teams don't have that opportunity. I think we can definitively say Danny Ainge would be way more interested in a Quentin Grimes young player package than he would be in Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier. So that's why I say uh, I agree with like that. these other I teams. I agree with that. Like these other teams, like it's all fine and dandy. You have picks, but if you don't have the young players to go with the picks, you're not in the running. So let's stop talking about the Wizards or any like or Toronto at one point. Like it is, it's going to come down to Quentin Grimes. It. Which is, wow. again, not to be redundant, that's crazy to me. All right, uh, 45 minutes from now, uh, Harris Lachance, BYU offensive lineman, will join us to get us ready for USF. He is going to join us every Wednesday morning, thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. All right, uh, first in this morning, and we have a lot of comments today. Appreciate I, you guys. Yeah, listen, really, it, it is it is so humbling to us that you guys show up here every day. We talk NBA, we talk college football, we talk NFL, we never talk baseball, even though we'd like to. Aaron Judge hit another home run last night. 
Uh, Fat Albert Pujols did not, thankfully, or at least I don't Fat. think he did. Uh, good morning, Neville93. First one in today. Good morning, fellas. I feel like the whole state of Utah is burned out with the trade talk about Donovan Mitchell. Yes, Amen they are. Amen to that. Amen, bro. Kurt, Kurt Meyer says aloha. 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 To two flights or two sleeps in a plane flight. Let's go, baby. And we are in Hawaii. Yo. Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, we'll be there on Friday afternoon. Uh, note to Danny Ainge, do not trade Donovan Mitchell Friday morning. Swear to God, Danny. Wait, you, you want to be under the news cycle, right? Yeah, Saturday morning. It's fine. Saturday they, morning, we're good. They did trade Rudy on a on a, on a Friday, you July know. 1st. I mean, um, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dave Heath says, good morning, the best talk show. Thank you. Appreciate that. Zayman says, the Doppler Don Radar removing the jazz from his media. A trade seems to be on the radar. Sucks. I want Doppler to stay. Doppler. The Donnie Doppler radar oh, is in guy. full effect. Are we making too much out of this Donovan Mitchell social media thing? Yes. Um, I, I, look, I, I think that it goes to one of the first comments you read there, that that the the state of Utah and probably just basketball fans, generally speaking, are burned out on this Donovan Mitchell situation. And I don't blame you guys. I'm burned out on it. We've literally had conversations on this show about the fact that we're burned out on it. So I think everyone's in agreement on that. And I just think that that's why I keep saying at some point here, you, you got to, you know, crap or get off the pot as the saying is like, you got to move that's, on. That's from this, not bro. the saying. Well, I'm trying to be nicer with our language because now <laughs> we have sponsors and, you know, like three months ago, I probably would have said it the right way, but you know, I'm trying to be considerate. Yes, I, I would agree with you. And I put the pictures of Don's social media up there. I mean, listen, there's one thing I want to point out to everybody because I, I think this matters. If you look at this right here, do you see where you have that link under the be humble with the hands right there? That's a link to Adidas basketball. That's a link to a promotion. Okay, so that's one. Then if you look at his his you know his Instagram, you'll notice there's also a link there. That is a link to a a uh, promotion that he's doing with a grocery store. A lot of guys in this league do not have their team affiliations on their social media. Yeah. And when you look at his social, and again, I just point you to both of these. This is his Instagram. There's his Twitter. He has got branded content links now added to his social media. Was the Utah Jazz there previously? Absolutely it was. Is this some huge deal where the world is coming to an end? I don't think it is. I think we make way too much out of this. Yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, Pudge NYC, what's up with you, my friend? What's up, Monty and Son? Congrats to Broadway Barrett on getting that bag. Well deserved. <laughs> and, and, Broadway hey, Barrett, I like that. You know that. what? RJ got paid. Yeah. And it, I, I thought I always think it's funny when guys like RJ get paid. There's always the haters coming out of the woodwork. You understand that now he is paid generationally a hundred and twenty million dollars. His kids, kids, kids will never want for anything. Yeah. So there's the old saying, you know, that, you know, easy times make soft men. Well, there's a bunch of soft men coming in R.J. Barrett's tree, right? <laughs> because the guy just got paid a huge amount of money. And I, Pudge, I agree with you. Good, good for you, R.J. You got paid. J.P. Shanahan, what's up, my guy? He says, think the fan base has gotten burned out on this whole is he staying or is he going thing. By the way, read yesterday that Mitchell deleted his jazz section on his Twitter bio. Yeah. There's another one. Yep. Rudy Gobert, by the way, Rudy Gobert still doesn't have anything in his bio. Like, 
I think we get too involved in the bio stuff. If Donovan had gone and deleted every picture out of his Twitter stuff, okay, maybe I could could see that. He didn't do Twitter's that. Twitter's been going crazy. He didn't do that. Teddy yeah. Wayman, what's up with you, my friend? Good to see you. Troy Cushing says, good morning, Monty and Jake. So where is Donnie Doppler at today? LOL. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Love your show as always. Thanks, Troy. I, <laughs> I love that the Donnie Doppler's catching on. Uh, but but honestly, I see I There's some bright colors on the Donnie Doppler radar there's this a little, morning. There's a little yellow, you know, not quite red. No, there's, there's quite a bit of red and blue for from the Wizards, uh, yeah. you know, East Coast, West Side stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Donnie Doppler, I still, I think it's 65-35. He winds up in training camp with the Jazz. 65-35. I just think Danny's not going to acquiesce. Danny is not going to come off the price. No, and I, I agree. think that if you're Danny Ainge, you haven't come this far. Why would to, you? to Exactly. Like, you haven't come this far through all these conversations and texts and phone calls and communications to wake up tomorrow and be like, yeah, you know, Grimes doesn't have to be in the deal. Let's just do this and move on. Like, that's not Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge yeah. is going to say, price is the price, take it or leave it, and that's it. That's who we are. Yeah, and and that's where we are right now. Good morning, Giggity. Good to see you, friend. Hope Phoenix is treating you well. Uh, M. Alvarez, what's up, my guy? Kanai Johnson, how the heck are you? Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Appreciate your time and effort for us casuals. Keep it up. Thanks, Rudy. By the way, yeah, Gene Stream uh, Gamer. Gene Stream Gamer. Got his t-shirt. Hey. Finally. Dude, I told you, bro. It takes so long, man. And I don't, and really, Crazy. I don't know why. It's just a shirt. It's not like I'm sending Donovan Mitchell to the Philippines, bro. It's a shirt. I mean, it weighs less than a pound. Come on. So our casual casual. t-shirt. Our guy, Gene Stream Gamer, who watches the show in the Philippines because he's a Jordan Clarkson fan. Um, Believe it or not, Jordan's got a lot of fans. We we actually have a nice little contingent of of Filipino listeners. Yes. And and Filipinos and Filipina. Um, And so quite a few have bought shirts and we've sent them over. Yeah, casual. It takes six, eight weeks to get them there. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. How long it takes. Hello, Billy. What's up? Morning, fellas. Wondering if you guys have thought Don scrubbing the jazz along with Louisville from his bio on socials. Louisville's another one. Yeah. Is Don being traded away from the Cardinal? (laughs) Excellent strategy, sir. Uh, Let's see. East Blue Drew. Says no team has what the Knicks got. Totally agree with that. 100% agree with that. Uh, Jimmy Touchdown gives us a $5 uh, tip. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate you. College football kickoff tomorrow. Ohio State is blocking Big Ten expansion, and you two are talking jazz. Um, Utah jizz, he says. Uh, Preseason trade rumors, not a legit sports show. You know, look, I, I, I can I, only... I just don't know how we've ever done it. You know, like I don't I, know. I, this I, show sucks so bad. Yeah, like, it's, it's really, terrible. it's, it's really an embarrassment, and 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 you know, maybe you know what we should do. Let's just call Papa Murphy's. We'll use our own promo code, and we'll have some pizza. That's what we'll do. Monty twenty five. We we'll get twenty five percent off yeah. a twenty five dollar purchase at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Yeah, I mean, do you want me to just run off the set now and turn the smoke around? Because I can do I that. I think that's what we should. Yeah, do. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pudge NYC says, no, Grimes will be traded. Caleb says, Danny Ainge is smart. Why the F would he want Barrett's shooting splits and poor creation? Facts. Could be. Uh, East Blue Drew says, yes. 
Exactly right. Uh, Rance, what's up, Rance? Good to see you, bro. Uh, nah, he's gone. Just a matter of time. It's a rebuild. Okay. Uh, Major Money Entertainment TV says no. Only Leon feels that way after the logo said he'd be better than RJ. Okay. Feels what way? I don't know. Cash Out James just puts a bunch of laughing emojis. Uh, East Blue Drew says, we ain't giving up Grimes, LOL. Is Quentin Grimes really that guy? And I'm serious. And it's a legit question. Is he that guy? Because if you refuse, if you let's say Leon doesn't make this deal, right? Leon Rose says, I'm not trading for Donovan Mitchell because in 40 minutes, Harris Lachance from BYU is going to be on Monty's show. <laughs> Brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Monty Coach, Monty 25. Thank you. You're welcome. Use it. Um, is Leon Rose really not going to make a Donovan Mitchell trade to keep Quentin Grimes? I'm. Somebody asked me about that on Monday and was like, that doesn't make any sense. If, if, if they don't do the Donnie deal to keep Grimes and Grimes never Donnie. pans out, how are you feeling as a Knicks fan? Are you pissed? Are you like, yeah, well, that was the right choice. And it the is microscope it is. that Quentin Grimes will be under this season if they don't trade him. Mm -hmm. is going to be very interesting. Um, very interesting. Caleb says, uh, Grimes has done nothing. Why are both teams hung up on him? Don't know. Pudge MIC says, take Fournier, Grimes, McBride, and Obi in three unprotected picks. Nope, four. Flat out, it's four. I mean, that's what the price has been. I still, I'm the guy that's hung up on Emmanuel quickly. Mm -hmm. I think you got to have him. Well, he's shown you something. That's I the think thing. You, you got to have him. I just. Yeah, he's yeah. shown you. Uh, East, East blue drew says y'all crazy. I know. Uh, cash out. James says, has he said, we have to give up our future. Eh, I don't know about that. Kay Nuren. Good morning. Kay. Uh, you cannot dictate to Danny. He's not going to be intimidated to do what you want. He will keep Don. If you don't pay his price, New York will find this out. I, I think both Leon and Danny have done a really good job here. I'll just continue to say that. that uh, a lot of people would have folded by now. Yeah. A lot of people would have folded. John Hawthorne, good morning, says it's all about the picks. Jazz want four picks, want to give two. I think it's about unprotected first-round picks. I know it's about unprotected first-round picks. But here's my thing. The picks are taken care of because of the Lakers. We know for a fact that the Lakers want to be a third team in this deal. Yeah. So the Lakers being a third team with their two unprotected first-round picks makes this deal a lot easier. That's why I'm saying, like, I'm not saying you're wrong that the picks absolutely matter. They 1,000% matter. But but what I'm saying is that because the picks are covered already, essentially, that it really just comes down to that package of players. And I tend to agree with you. If we're talking quickly versus Grimes, I'm taking quickly. Like I think you have to take quickly oh, right yeah. now. Like there's no, that's not even a conversation. And I, I'm curious. I don't know what people think, but I I think right now that if you look at Quentin Grimes, I mean, arguably his, um, you know, arguably, arguably his biggest asset right now is probably his defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you if you look at this Knicks team, are you counting on Quentin Grimes to put the ball in the hole? You're probably not. No. I mean, the way they're currently constructed, and if you, let's say you keep him and you bring in Don, I think you're still not counting on him to be an offensive force. No, I mean at that time, at that point, he's a he is strictly a developmental project. You're you're letting him sit behind guys like Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell. You know, every, you're basically sitting him behind the eight nine guy rotation that you're yeah. running out there, 
and then he's going to get minutes in garbage time, and and that's okay with where he's at. And that I think that's kind of the point, if I'm being honest. The Grimes thing is not about who he is today or the fact that he hasn't done anything yet. The Grimes portion is, hey, what could this guy be? And that I'm telling you, uh, two years from now, when we look back on this deal either being done or not being done and the ramifications for each of those paths, that's that's the nuts and bolts of this conversation. I agree. You're going to look to somebody is going to be the winner and the loser. Not today. No. In three years. In yeah. Like how much value is in Don's in Don's deal? How much value is in RJ's deal? You're gonna look back at the the 2022 summer and you're gonna say, boy, that's where the Knicks won this championship, or that's where the Jazz really got over and you know built this team this summer. This deal in itself, yeah. I mean, if you it, it, and oddly, oddly, I also think this goes back to what Jeannie Buss talked about um, when she was talking about, hey. Uh, we want Russell Westbrook on the team and we believe in Russell Westbrook. Like it's, it's an interesting thing to, to note. I mean, it, it Jeannie Buss talking about how Russell Westbrook was the Lakers best player last year. Here's the only problem with mm. her saying that, even though that's probably true with injuries, with injuries in the conversation and everything that happened last year. And even as bad as he is as a shooter, her saying that, she puts herself at risk of coming off as someone who's just trying to smooth things out in LA. Are you saying that because you believe it? Or are you saying that because you need to smooth out this trio a little bit and, and get Russ, you know, committed to the club I think, all the way. I think she's saying that because they're not willing to send him home. I think she's saying that because if they can't make a deal, they're not willing to eat $47 million for him to John wallet. They're not, they're not going to do that. Wow. They're really not. Um, this half hour of the show brought to you by Wayman Brothers Construction, the best contractor in Utah, in my opinion. Wayman Brothers Construction, 801-654-1028. 801-654-1028. Why do I think Wayman Brothers is the best contractor in Utah? They communicate, which I think is huge. They'll call you. They'll text you. They'll email you. Mm -hmm. How you want to communicate, Wayman Brothers will do that with you. Autumn, who works in the office at Wayman Brothers, is so easy to deal with. She coordinates everything for you. When you have a, a, a question about your project, Alma Wayman, um, who is obviously the namesake and the, the, the guy that runs Wayman Brothers Construction, Alma Wayman will call you. You'll talk through it. He's on your job site on a regular basis. It's a family business. So whether it's Teddy Wayman, whether it's you know the, you know their foreman, Josh, like everybody that you deal with at Wayman Brothers Construction does one thing really well, instill confidence in the work they're doing, in the process they're using to get that job done, and then their finished product is just so far over the top. It's so good that you feel really good. You know that that feeling you get when you're nervous about your contractor? It's one of the worst feelings in the world. You've paid this guy five grand, and you're like, man, is he going to finish this on time? Mm -hmm. Hey, look at that doesn't look right. That's the worst feeling in the world. I've never had that feeling about Wayman Brothers Construction. And every project they do, I have enjoyed. They're doing a huge project for us right now. And it's just been a pleasure, man. The, the deck they did in the backyard where they built our, 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 our pad for our hot tub and built a Trex deck for us. And I mean, it just was such an easy process. So if you have any work you need done at home, kitchens, bathrooms, maybe you're, I, I know a lot of people are trying to add these, these ADUs these dwellings, 
you know, where you build a condo over your garage or you build another building on your property to drive revenue because rent is so high right now. Call Wayman Brothers Construction. There's no project too big or too small for the guys at Wayman Brothers. 801-654-1028. 801-654-1028-728 Mountain Time, 928 Eastern. Uh, breaking news in the world of sports this morning. The Big 12 uh, has opened early negotiations with ESPN and Fox. Uh, according to ESPN College Football Insider Pete Thamel, um, the Big 12 has gotten permission from Fox and ESPN. They've agreed uh, to open up negotiations on their TV deal early. It's 18 months early. Now, obviously, the situation in college football has dictated that those negotiations be opened up earlier. Here in Big 12 country, ham. <laughs> I said here in... right. Big, this is Big 12 Right, country. this is Big 12 country now. Anyway. This is he, why. Here in, here in Big 12 country, I think this is a huge moment in time because you already know that BYU's in the conference. They're going in with the Houstons, the Cincinnati's, the Central Floridas. Right. What happens to Utah? Utah, I think, is a vastly underrated, vastly underappreciated program. You have a situation in Utah where... You've got these two power programs. Utah is, is inarguably one of the best teams in the country here today. Mm -hmm. This game Saturday um, with Utah and Florida, obviously this is a huge moment in time for the Utah Utes. They're seventh in the country. They're going down to Gainesville. They're only favored by three points. Mm -hmm. If Utah can go to Gainesville and they can beat, and I think they will decisively win that game, and by decisively, I think they score a defensive touchdown. I think Cole Bishop and company are going to have a field day. Um, I know that that you, we're going to talk about Richardson later in the show, the quarterback at, at Florida. He is not an accurate passer. At least he was not last year. If they go down there, Utah, and they go to the swamp and they make a statement, that's a big moment in time for Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes because now you know the Big 12's open for business. As Brett Yormark said when he did his, his press conference at Big 12 Media Days, we're open for business. I think that's absolutely true. And the reason that this story is such a big story this morning is because what this allows the Big 12 to do is value the available properties in college football. Yeah. Specifically, I'm talking about San Diego State. What is that market really worth? Now that the, you know, obviously USC and UCLA, they're going to the Big 10 as Fox is well aware. What is that property worth? And I think the other question here has to be, what is ESPN's role in brokering a merger between the Big 12 and the Pac-12? I think those two questions, the value of San Diego State and what is ESPN's role? Because Fox is not going to be tier one. I think there is no doubt with the Big 12 and the Pac-12, ESPN is the only provider who can logically end up as the tier one, which means the the number one option for TV in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, I think there's no doubt is ESPN. I don't view the Pac-12 as an option for ESPN. I think the only option if ESPN is going to pay half a, half a billion dollars a year, mm -hmm. half a billion dollars a year. A little bit of money. For, right, for TV rights at a minimum is to have a merger between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. I think that's the only way to go here, Jake. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I, and I think, that, you know, for me, it's it's just fascinating to see how all this plays out because, 
you know, again, we go all the way back to Pac-12 Media Day, and and we remember George Klyovkov's arrogance about where the Pac-12 is at, and in in the fact that they're um, you know super valuable, and they're you know to go as far as to say that you're one of the best conferences in the land, and like just just lunacy in my opinion to now you're at a point where we're not hearing from you convenient how that works when things start to go sideways we don't hear from the commissioner of the pac-12 so we're not hearing from you the pac-12 is is continuing uh to go downhill and you have the big 10 and the big 12 basically valuing your different commodities in the conference i mean again while this Big 12 stuff is breaking news, let's not forget about what, what the Big 10 has done here and are doing. I mean, it, yes. the, the conversation started with, hey, like the Big 10 and Notre Dame are kind of dance partners here. You go back, you know, six, eight weeks, we had the whole Notre Dame, Big 10, they're going to be dance partners. Let's figure this out. You know, whether you, you have, you're in conference or you're not in conference, but you have a partnership type deal. That morphed into, hey, the Big Ten is now all about adding Oregon and Washington and, and, and Stanford and these different schools so that they can have Big Ten after dark with SC and UCLA in addition to the new schools they would add in Oregon and, and, and obviously Stanford and Washington. So Yeah, and Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, has an update here. The Big 12 now, in fact, has confirmed. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, said, quote, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if an early extension is the best interest of all parties. Oh. That's so, me, bro. I mean, that's the commissioner of the Big 12 right here on the screen. You see Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, confirming with the Big 12 commissioner, your mark, that, quote, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners in uh, to determine, excuse me, if an early extension is in the best interest of all parties. This on the heels of Thamel's breaking news this morning that the Big 12 and its TV partners, Fox and ESPN, have agreed to enter early contract discussions about the league's next TV deal. The conversations will begin soon and come a year and a half before the contract's exclusive negotiating window um, expires. This is a big story now. The Big 12 has now confirmed that they are going to begin early TV negotiations with ESPN and Fox. Yeah. You knew that the Big 12 was plotting. You knew that they, because it's been very quiet. We've heard all of the rumblings. We've heard all of the the, the noise from the Pac-12 about, hey, can we find a way to keep UCLA in the conference? Like you've heard all of these rumblings about, Hey, Oregon and Phil Knight and his henchmen are in Chicago meeting with the, the, the big 10 and their, their, you know, directors to see if there's a relationship that can be built. You've heard all of these rumblings and the big 12 has just kind of been chilling, bro. Mm -hmm. The big 12 has just been watching. They have been, again, uh, Commissioner Yormark has been traveling around the conference, meeting with the different school presidents, you know, I think really hurting the sheep, yes. trying to get everybody in one group, moving in the right direction. Doing his job. Very quietly. Notice that since Big 12 Media Day, there's really been no big splashes. There's been no big headlines. There's been no, hey, this team and that team, this school and that school. You haven't heard any of that. It's been very calm seas. And now today the bomb drops. What do we hear out of Pac-12, though? Oh, well, you heard the the Arizona AD talking about how they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
right? Yeah, let, for, I, I think that's a really – let's play that again. This is Dave Hickey, and I think that's an excellent point. This is Dave Hickey, the athletic director at uh, Arizona, the University of Arizona, Tucson, talking to K-Gun TV. K-Gun. K-Gun. Um, on <laughs> wow. K-Gun TV. Wow. Probably a little over the top. <laughs> Listen to what he says the Pac-12 represents – in the history of college football. But I'm very proud of the position that the University of Arizona is in. We are strong, we're solid. Um, this institution will be in the right place. Um, I'm also very confident in the Pac-12 uh, with its current membership of 10 now. But again, we still have two years before those two other institutions leave. But uh, we've gotta be planning and orchestrating and be ready to pivot and do the right things but I'm very confident in how the Pac-12 looks and how this conference looks going forward. We're an anchor in the West. We're one of the greatest conferences that there's ever been. We have so much tradition and history here connected to the Rose Bowl. Um, there's a lot of value in that, and we're proud as Arizona to be part of that. What? Congratulations, but that's bullshit. Right? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> Get the hell out of here with that. I, I, I am amazed by it. The, the ignorance, the arrogance that Dave Hickey the athletic director at Arizona displays there. And, and I know a lot of people, when we rolled this out last week, when this interview first came out, said, oh, well, what else would you have them say? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, not sure why we're doing interviews right nothing. now. Nothing, exactly not right. Not really like, sure why we're doing media availability. Not really sure why we're talking to the media. Not really sure why you're 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 doing an interview sitting in front of a football field when off in the horizon you can see all the other schools burning to the ground in your conference. Like there's no reason to to have done this. And so then the reason this got brought up again is because of this Big 12 breaking news about an early, you know, negotiation for TV rights and valuing San Diego State and and essentially valuing the different commodities in the Pac-12 that the Big 12 could add. And it's so funny how all this works out because, and in, in, I don't know if you want to put up that that most recent tweet, but basically this tweet comes out saying, hey, yeah, we need to figure out if this new extension, an early extension, is in the best interest of everybody. That's college football and ease for it is in the best interest of everybody, <laughs> and how much are we all going to pay? That's what that yeah, means. The best interest is can we get top dollar right now if we negotiate this deal, and is it a survival mode? Yeah. And I think it is. I think when you look at this tweet from ESPN College Football Inth Insider Pete Thamel, you know, you you see all of this and you you look at the wording, and I agree with you, Ahundo P here. Look at the wording. Yes. To determine if an early extension is in the best interest of all parties. Well, of course it is. Is that really the and ask yourself this? Read the wording there and ask yourself, is that really a question? What constitutes a promise? Right? Like, I don't know what you're really looking at there. And that's why I say, like, I, I, and, and I know it's like tongue-in-cheek and I'm half-joking, but seriously, that, that language and that verbiage, when I hear that, all that really says to me is like it's like the same thing as the Big Ten saying, "Yeah, we're gonna look at expanding and and we're gonna we're gonna evaluate the college football we're landscape. We're gonna see if it makes sense for everybody like, like, involved. Let's just get to let's cut the crap and get to it. Get hey, here. you're gonna add Oregon, you're gonna add Washington, yeah. you're gonna add Utah, you're gonna add San Diego State, and it's just gonna be a matter of how much you're gonna pay." 
to do that, and then how much your TV partners are going to pay to air those games. And listen, I think, it, you know, it's, it, we are on the eve of kickoff in college football. By the way, 20 minutes from now, BYU offensive lineman Harris Lachance uh, makes his first appearance on the show, thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, Harris joins us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. And, and I wonder if, if, and I'll ask Harris this, I mean, if you're a college football player, do you give a rat's ass about any of this? Does it well, I think matter it depends to who you? you are. It depends who you are. If you're a senior yeah. at BYU right now, you don't give a rat's ass because you're not going to be there. You're never going to play a game in the in the Big 12. Does this matter freshman, to you? If you're a freshman, yeah, it does matter to you. If I'm a freshman at Utah, if I'm a freshman at BYU, I care about it in different ways. Obviously, BYU to the Big 12 is done and has been done. So you're not in a place where you're having to wonder or be concerned. Yeah. But... With the advent of NIL and the transfer portal, if you're at a Pac-12 school right now, are you not already looking for NIL opportunities and the transfer portal opportunities at other schools? Yes, you are. Yes, you absolutely are. Yeah. Depending on what school you're at right now. Well, and again, I just want to, before we get your comments, because Jimmy Touchdown's uh, given us $4 to slander the Big 12. So we, we definitely want to play those or right, show those comments. Right. Hey, man. Um, but I, I, I want to play, I want to post these tweets from Pete Thamel because I think they're really important. Uh, the first tweet this morning came now, what, Jake? 45 minutes ago, I Something guess. Something like that, yeah. Where Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, said sources the Big 12 and its TV partners, Fox and ESPN. Sources. Have agreed to enter early contract discussions about the league's next television deal. The conversations will begin soon and come a year and a half before the contract's exclusive negotiating window. Hey, guys. Okay. But then Pete Thamel went a step further when he was able to confirm through Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, quote, we have welcomed the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if an early extension is in the best interest of all parties. <laughs> which is Latin for how much are you going to pay us if we do this right now? With all due respect. Right? Like, I mean, on, that guy. to me is that to me is what they're saying. All right, now let's slander the Big 12. Yeah, here uh, we go. Here we go. Jimmy Touchdown has paid us $4 to say the Big 12 is a JUCO league full of AG schools. Well, see, how you do this, guys, is <laughs> you till the ground, then you put the manure in the trench. Yeah, out there then, in still water, there's not much yeah, to do. And then you go over to the horse and you just kind of easily pat him on the ass and they'll drop, <laughs> you know, they'll drop another pile for you. And then you just scoop that right into the trench. Oh, my God. That's right. That's what we do here. That's in why the pastures. grass is so green, because they're fertilizing well. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Jimmy's not done. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no. Au contraire, friends. Jimmy, touchdown. <laughs> the Big 12 Juco AG schools sign a TV deal with RFD TV. All right. Welcome back to uh, manure scooping here on RFD TV. Oh. <laughs> You know, like uh, if you notice this ten-gallon hat that I have on, I want you to know I do I do store tobacco up there. You know, I use those skull bandits so that I can salivate while scooping horse manure. Hey guys, on RFD TV, hook 'em horns. Right, like that's what that's the picture that Jimmy Touchdown's painting. Oh man, dude. Jimmy, I have no idea what your fandom is. I have no idea. You're well, definitely clearly not. it's not Big Twelve. I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna step outside of my comfort zone here and say that uh, <laughs> Jimmy Manure Scooper is not a fan of the Big Twelve. Some shit happened. Nor is he a fan of JUCOs. Just saying. 
Yeah. I'm, I have to believe that Jimmy Touchdown is a Pac-12 fan who's looking down the bridge of his nose at all of you non-research institutions. I'm a man! Here on the Pac-12 network that nobody watches. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what this feels like to me. The, on Dish Network. The slander is amazing. The slander, <laughs> the slander is amazing. I just, I'm amazed by it. Uh, Harris Luchance in 15 minutes talking BYU football. Let's get back to uh, some of your comments on the Knicks because uh, the Knicks and Jazz, rather, excuse me. Um, if you haven't been following the storylines around the Knicks, yesterday it was announced on a Woj bomb. Woj bomb. That the Knicks and RJ Barrett are finalizing a uh, $120 million extension uh, for. Major bag alert uh, for RJ Barrett's uh, rookie deal. Um, and I guess the question that that comes out is, are the Knicks still the best Donovan Mitchell trade partner for the Jazz? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I, honest to goodness, I don't think there's any question the New York Knicks remain at the top of the stack when you're trying to make a Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, but I also think this story that came out yesterday that the Washington Wizards are telling people that they feel like they have made an offer that Danny Ainge has to take seriously. Well, he may have to take it seriously, (laughs) but you can't tell me, looking at their future draft picks, looking at their current cap, looking at the talent, and specifically the young talent on this Wizards roster, I just don't see Jake that they can get into the same ballpark as the Jazz. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that the Wizards are, you know, that that team that's just kind of come out and said, "Hey, we like our offer. We feel like it's a serious offer." But uh, you know, not to be a complete a hole about it, it's not really up to them whether their offer is strong or not. It, it comes down to once again, Danny wants four unprotected first round picks. So. Okay, cool. They've got that covered. Hey, we've got two unprotected picks to offer. The Lakers will give them another two. That covers the four. Okay, great. The picks are taken care of. We're good on that front. But then I jump to the player portion. This is where the Wizards are going to struggle because, and you can go and look at it. We don't need to spend a bunch of time getting into the the, the absolute specifics of it. But essentially, you've got a bunch of guys in, in Washington who are getting paid a good bit of money. And so you're having to do an awkward trade to get this done to get Donovan Mitchell. And by the way, I don't think Danny Ainge is particularly interested in a Kyle Kuzma reunion tour in the state of Utah. Yeah, I, don't, I would I, agree with that. You know what I mean? I would like, agree with that. I just don't think Kyle Kuzma really moves the needle. Um, you know, Hachimura, okay, I could kind of see it, but it, it you, but you kind of see what I mean. It's just kind of a vanilla offer that I think Kyle Kuzma with with all due respect right with all due respect I think Kyle Kuzma is disappointed the Lakers and and the and the oh I'm sorry thank you I'll get the camera right. thank you okay thank you okay yeah uh-huh. uh, I will I will you know say that I think that Kyle Kuzma is disappointed the Lakers and the Wizards I mean mm. well I think it's knew- been better with the Wizards I, I think that Kyle Kuzma wanted to be hey I'm the best player on the floor guy he's never going to be sure. that but the guy can put the ball in the hole, and I think that he's proven that he can do that with the Wizards. That said, he's not somebody that you're going to sign and be like, yeah, this guy's going to help us make the postseason. This guy is going to make a huge difference for us. He's good for 20 well, a night, and that's that's valuable in the league, but for this trade, I don't think it has that much value. I think 20 a night would be lofty for him. I mean, he's a – I want to say he's a 15-point average guy. I mean, he just – Kyle Kuzma's a streaky player. He, you're not going to pay that guy 
you're just not going to pay that guy that kind of money. Yeah. You're not. I see uh I see some um $1.99 from Zayman says Jimmy touchdown aka Dave Hickey. <laughs> yes, Jimmy, don't be upset. Don't be upset. Jimmy gave us two more dollars. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, what are we up to? Eight? Pay appreciate my, you, Pay my mortgage. Seriously, says, appreciate you. Juco Directional School USC belongs in the Big 12. <laughs> I love that. Juco Directional. Directional. <laughs> Damn, Jimmy, you were on fire today. <laughs> US, That's funny. I don't USC care what anyone said. referred to as a directional. That's school. funny. That is funny. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that. Uh, all right. MI Jazz fan says, there are some decent Nick fans. Good dudes. Just notice that they aren't the ones consistently saying idiotic things. Oh, boy. Here we go. You oh, know, you just, who said that? Oh, boy. Jimmy, uh, NY Jazz fan. Yeah. You know, NY Jazz fan, you just had to go and make it personal with Knicks fans, didn't you? You just had to push the needle just a little bit further, didn't you? Cody Strickland paid us $2 to say, look at my last comment. Um, Let's see. Where's his? We get a lot of comments, dude. Where's his last comment? There it is right there. Uh, Why would the Jazz take a Lakers D-Knox three-way? D-Knox? Do you mean Knicks? They want four unprotected first just for Don. Why throw Bogey and Mike in it? when they can get another or a few more picks just for those guys together. Because I think there's a couple of things here. You want four unprotected first-round picks. Absolutely. But you also you also would take, you know, Kevin's third-round pick that's protected top six for seven years. From USC directional. Yeah. <laughs> that only works if... That only works if uh, Danny Ainge scoops manure in a field for USC Directional <laughs> College of Television Watching. Yeah. Like, you you wouldn't mind, and you're not going to turn down if you get four unprotected ones. You're going to get some highly protected ones. You're going to get some pick swaps. You're going to get... Because there's more value. Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy... Bojan. That bring... Uh, I'm sorry. Bojan Bagsnatchevich is a guy... Bogdanovich. That brings you... <laughs> They, that one gets me every time. Bojanovic is the <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that's in demand. Is he going to bring you a first round pick? It's not likely. I got to be honest. Well, with you. again, but again, while I agree, Royce O'Neal should not have brought you a first round pick. And what did you get for him? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Rugs eighty nine says Grimes would be the best player in Utah, bro. It's awfully early to be. Yeah, doing you can't. You can't. Yeah, you got to put the drugs down. Yeah, you got to put the drugs. Bro, come down. Come on, now, chill out. Uh, we know respect and protect the value of our young core, in particular the ones Leon drafted himself. Ob, IQ, Grimes, and McBride and Sims. Even Cam is protected. Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. There's, I think it there's depends. There's not a guy in that group that projects to be the player that Donovan Mitchell is. What's what's protected is winning a championship. That's what you're trying to do. That's all you care about, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay Deals directs says, Kyle Kuzma is better than THT by miles. Well, he has been, certainly. Uh, I don't know about by miles. I think that the opportunity has also been well, much more for Kyle. And I think we're going to find out yeah. what THT is. I, I, mean, I think it's a bit early to be saying that, that Kyle Kuzma – THT was better than Kyle Kuzma was on the Lakers. Like I, that's oh, just yeah. my, like I just I, think I that's agree. not even in question. And THT is doing it on ten minutes a night, and I think that Kyle Kuzma is getting thirty-five minutes a night and scoring fifteen points. Kyle so, Kuzma has has been shown not to be a number two. Yeah, he's a third guy, right now. Is THT a number two? He's not. 
But if he's on the Jazz when they when this season starts, THT, there's a chance that Talon Horton Tucker could be your number two here. Now, all of this could change. I mean, obviously, with the Don trade, if that happens, if if Don comes to camp, like you never know how all of this stuff fits fixed together. It's a big rubrics. I mean, you you just don't know. Mm-hmm. But if we surmise that if if training camp started today and Donovan Mitchell and THT and Stanley Johnson and Boyan and I mean. This team's going to score 110 points a night for the Jazz. But I highly doubt. I I would put it my Don trade radar Doppler it's system. It's the Donnie Doppler, please. My, I mean, my Donnie Doppler says that four more guys are going out before training camp. Because I can't believe that they bring Boyan Bogdanovich back to camp. Like, he would be, him and Conley would be the shocking ones. Mm-hmm. Donovan coming back to camp with the Jazz would not be shocking in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. Bro, what time is it? It is 7.53, uh, which means, oh, yes. God dang. Hey, it's okay. It's our first day doing it again. It's okay. It is. It's okay. Uh, Time for Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 uh, at checkout. MONTY25 at checkout. Get you 25% off your order of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's. Check them out online. Download the Papa Murphy's app. And the biggest story in football this morning, there is no doubt about this. It is that the Big 12 um, has agreed with its TV partners, ESPN and Fox, to open up negotiations early, fully 18 months early on a new TV deal uh, with ESPN and Fox. Now, they are negotiating, and what this does, and the biggest reason that the Big 12 wants to do this is it allows the Big 12 to put a value on San Diego State. What's Utah's value? What's Arizona and Arizona State's value? Hey, are we in play in any way, shape, or form for the Bay Area schools and Cal Mm -hmm. and Stanford? It allows you to put a value on those teams based on, hey, here's the group of teams we have. We're bringing in BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida. We already have Kansas, Oklahoma State. We already, you know, this group of teams that we already have, the Baylors of the world, the TCUs. What is SMU's value? What is San Diego State's value? Does it make more sense for us to add the Arizona schools? Maybe we don't add Utah. Maybe we don't add Colorado. Maybe Boulder doesn't have value to us. These are the things that the Big 12 will now be able to gauge because they are opening up negotiations early with ESPN and Fox. And ESPN and Fox are going to say, hey, look, if you add these schools, you know, hey, maybe Fox is willing to pay more for its tier two position because you're adding San Diego State. And maybe a San Diego State-Oklahoma State matchup. Maybe a, hey, well, why don't you, maybe Fox goes to the Big 12 and says, You should look at the state schools. Look at Washington State. Look at Oregon State. Mm -hmm. Make sure you add San Diego State because that's going to give you the Pacific Northwest. That's going to give you Southern California. And, hey, add add Utah. That's going to allow you to dominate the mountain region. You know, like those are the the conversations that are going to be had. My suspicion is, is that ESPN, and I've heard this more than once now, but ESPN is going to try and broker a merger between the the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to form one larger conference, whether Oregon and Washington are in that or not, they're going to try and broker a merger that would allow ESPN to be tier one in that new conference that would allow them to supply multiple big games in those late windows on both the ESPN app and ESPN TV. And Jake, in my opinion, I think that's the best solution for everybody. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I I think schools that need to be concerned about this, frankly, are Utah. I think that is the one nameplate school that I look at 
And I'm like, hey, man, like you, you need to, you need to be very careful in this situation because if you do not somehow, and, and I think they'll get into the Big Twelve. Like, let's be very clear. But if somehow it turns out that you're not able to get into the Big Twelve for whatever reason, and again, I think they will. But if if you're not able to, I don't know where you go because I'm telling you right now, the Pac-12 is not going to exist inside of. I don't know, two years probably. You, I mean, obviously you've got this season and then, you know, probably next season you'll exist. But that third season, I, I don't know where the Pac-12 is going to be or the Pac-10 at that point. So I just think that 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 this whole conversation around the Big 12 opening its its TV media rights uh, 18 months early. Like this isn't a cup of coffee, coffee early. This is 18 months, man. Why are they doing that? Why would they do that? Well, because they need to value markets. They need to understand, hey, what do these different schools offer us? Yep, I agree. All right, 8 o'clock on the Monty in the Morning program uh, right here. Appreciate all of you guys being with us. The biggest stories in sports this morning, um, including in football, brought to you by Papa Murphy's. Obviously, is this Big 12 announcement that they are opening up their TV um, you know, negotiations early with Fox and ESPN. Uh, we'll keep updating you on that story. By the way, Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, has now confirmed this to Pete Thamel, the college football insider at ESPN, has confirmed through the Big 12 um, that they are opening up TV negotiations early. Boy, this is a big moment in time in college football. You know that number seven Utah heads to Gainesville to take on Florida at the Swamp that Saturday. And of course, BYU heads to South Florida um, in the wet football, humidity, all of that. So <laughs> no better time to roll out uh, BYU offensive lineman Harris Lachance. Add him to the show every single week. Harris, how the heck are you, man? Hey, what's going on? So let me just ask you right out of the gate. Do you care what the Big 12, the Pac-12, and TV deals are all about? As a, as a guy who's going into the Big 12 at BYU, do you even care about that kind of thing? Uh, no, man. I'm, we're just we're just soldiers out here, man. We don't care about the Did I lose you? There he is. Okay. Now I can hear you. Um, yeah. So I would imagine. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Now I can hear you. Do you. So you guys just tune all that outside noise out. You just don't even care about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, like I said, like we're just soldiers, man. Like, you know, we, we go out there and play the games. We care about like, it's not that important to us. No, I got you. Harris Lachance joins us every Wednesday morning here on the Monty Show, brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza. So let's talk about you a little bit. Obviously, you know, one of the big questions I have for you is, hey, dude, you had a baby. You're a dad now. So how has dad life changed Harris Lachance? Uh, honestly, it's been awesome, man. Just having a son is like just changed your whole perspective, especially on football. It's... Um, it's more than just a game now, you know what I mean? It's it's a way that I can help my family and and uh, you know, provide for them and it's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder about that. Like, do you think more about the importance of football? Like, do you think about because obviously last season you went through a, a significant amount of injury issues for the first time in your career since you were really a full time player. Like, I mean, you you stood on the sideline and you watched a lot of football instead of being out there. And now you have the you know you have a baby. Like, 
I mean, how much does having a child going through what you went through last year, how much does that change your perspective on football? Oh, I, I appreciate that. That's a great question. No, um, I've definitely learned a lot these past this past couple, like this whole year. So I'm trying to find somewhere I can chill out. So, <laughs> yeah, you're walking around. Look at the yeah, cool I'm, blue light. Look at you, man. Yeah, I'm trying to find a good background for you guys. Okay, here. Anyway. <laughs> how's that little? Oh, it's great. Hey, you get the Y in the background. <laughs> this is probably bad lighting. But, uh, anyway, no, you're right, man. I seriously, I've learned so much over the past year i've had to really mature how to take a step back having a uh a, an injury like that where you miss most of the season is is really life-changing especially for me where um i haven't really had something like that before and then uh yeah having my son dude it's it's crazy man and you gotta mature and you got to uh, uh kind of look deep within and realize what you really want to do you know what i mean and if, if this is really worth it and things like mm. that. And it's like, let's go back and let's grind, man. Let's get into this. So that's how I feel this year. But let's be honest, going to BYU is not your traditional college football path. You guys, aren't you guys just a bunch of old white guys who went and served <laughs> missions and you're married and you have kids. And so you have like, I mean, the perception of what BYU is, I mean, it, it, I don't think people understand it. I don't believe anyways, and I would love to hear you talk about this, like serving a mission is not something that is an advantage as a college football player, right? I mean, and, and I mean, talk about how all of the things that it takes at BYU, how does that impact you as a football player? Oh, man. Well, you know, you're right. To, to a huge extent, it's not a big advantage because, like, when I went on my mission, um, I came home and, and I was, like, literally, like, 230 pounds, like, soaking wet. So yeah. I had a lot to do, a lot to uh, improve on. And it, I am older now, so that – now that is kind of like, um, you know, kind of a different thing for the NFL. Like, oh, well, I'm a little bit of an older guy because of that. So that's kind of that kind of sucks. But at the same time, it does help you mature. Um, and and they say, yeah, we are, you know, a bunch of old guys, whatever. Um, but I really feel like in that aspect, we are more mature, and so we understand. Um, you know, we have our competitive advantage. We don't go out and, and party all night long, um, and we don't. You know, we aren't caught up in like in in kind of uh, girls and, and younger stuff like that. And so I think that's an advantage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's got its, its pros and cons, everything. Right. So, yeah. And I, I think that's that's how you have to look at it. I mean, I, I think we spend a lot of time in this world talking about things that negatively impact us. But, I mean, you you obviously are a guy who this last year has been very much a proving ground for you as a man. So when you 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 talk a lot about the NFL and you look forward to that, I mean, do you, what are your aspirations? I mean, if you're talking those three letters, National Football League, this is a critical year for you then, I would imagine. Sure, yeah, it's a critical year for everybody, man. I mean, if you want to go to the NFL, every year is a critical year for you. You know what I mean? You got to play good. And But I'm like, you know what? It is what it is, man. Let's go out and have some fun, ball out. Uh, that's what I was doing last year, too. You know, that's that's what the thing you got to realize is, is you can't get caught up in all that stuff at the same time. You got to just love the game, man. You got to go out there and have fun and, and kick some butt. And, and that's all you got to <laughs> That's all you got to worry about. Yeah. And let me ask you about life at BYU. Obviously this week we had this situation with Duke volleyball and all the noise around that. 
when you talk about blocking things out, do you guys talk about that situation? Was that something that, you know, Coach Satake, was that something that you guys talked about at all in your locker room? Um, Tom kind of talked to us for a second about it. Just kind of, they kind of told us about how, um, you know, they're working to kind of figure that the whole situation out. And we understood that obviously we're, um, you know, we're really focused on preparing for this game. And so that's our, our first priority. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, but stuff like that, it's a big media thing, um, uh, for us. So, you know, we're, we're more focused, uh, on our, on our deal right here, but yeah. I mean, I, I have to imagine when you hear stuff like that and, and you, you know that you're going into a big game. Is it, I, I, we, we all hear about, well, I'm just going to shut that out. But come on, man, you have a phone, you have Twitter. I mean, you, is it really difficult to, to just tune all of that stuff out? Uh, I don't, I don't think so, man. To be honest, I like, I really don't because like I said, I mean, we've, we've been doing that, tuning out the bad noise, tune out the good noise. Um, for forever man we're, we're used to that you know what i mean like i said yeah. we focus on ourselves right now bro like if we this is this is a tight-knit group here and uh we love each other and we're here to play for each other and win some games and that's that yeah. that's it well you know that and i think when you play at a, a a program that's the stature of byu i don't have to tell you this you went to harriman like i think you get this more than most people i mean you're you're in a big time program here you guys are in a game now where there are real expectations for you. And when I look at your offensive line group, speaking of outside noise, um, I mean, you guys are one of the most highly rated offensive lines in the entire country. How good and how deep are the offensive linemen at BYU right now? Well, we're freaking good, man. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that every year, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I said, uh, that's a big thing here. That's our culture here is whether it's good, whether it's bad, you know, don't listen to it. Yeah. Don't yeah. Listen well, to. don't listen to the good because I mean, the good's probably worse for you than the bad is. It right? is. But, yeah, for sure. But as a, as a competitor, how much, I mean, how much does it help you? How much does it move you emotionally and competitively when you know that there are guys behind you um, that can push you, that can, you know, that really are talented enough to take your reps? How good is that for you? Oh, I think it's awesome. I think it's, uh, it's great to know that we have some depth, you know, it makes us a little bit more comfortable going into a game and whatever possible situation could arise. Um, yep. And also for the, you know, the future generations, it's like, it's my last year. It's like, well, well, boys, you know, you're in good hands. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. And I also think when you look at the depth of talent on your roster, especially the offensive side, I mean, you, you lose a, a, one of the better running backs that you've seen at BYU in recent years, but then you bring in a guy like Chris Brooks, you've got Peeney back there. I mean, how, how strong do you guys feel like your running game is right now? Uh, I think I think it should be awesome, man. I really do. These guys are awesome. Yeah, and talk talk to me about Brooks. Talk to me about uh, Chris, and talk to me about what that that talent is. Obviously, he's a guy that's a transfer. He's incoming. You know, what have you seen from him, and how 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 good has he been for you guys? Yeah, I know he's he's a big back. He's like 230, 230 pounds, and he can run the the football, man. So uh, I've seen that. I mean, he looks great in practice, and I'm excited to see him run this. This Saturday. Yeah, and I think a lot of people obviously talk about Jaron and talk about, you know, how, you know, he is a dynamic, he's a dynamic guy. But I think one of the things that's really important is you guys have to have depth. You have to have the ability to play in all phases offensively. 
Um, do you guys feel like that, that you can do that? I mean, are you more comfortable as an offense one way or the other, throwing the ball or running the ball? I feel like we're we're ready to on, on all cylinders here, man. I, I do. I, I feel like it's going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah, and what is, by the way, what have you seen growth-wise, by the way, developmentally from Jaron? I mean, I you talk about big years. I mean, Jaron Hall is a real critical piece of that offense. How has he changed year over year in your eyes? Oh, I, I love Jaron. He's, honestly, he's a great guy on and off the field. And I've seen him, I don't know, I've just seen him continue to work hard. He's always worked hard. You know, um, even with Zach, I mean, he's he's one of the older guys. And, you know, we've a lot of us have seen a lot of guys come and go and, and seen how other guys develop. And we've just been honestly on that consistent grind of just working hard, studying, getting that extra work in through the summer, you know, off season. So that's what I've seen, man. And it's like, it's starting to all pay off and I think it should. So a couple of more questions for Harris a chance before we cut you loose. Cause I know you guys have a lot to do here yeah. two days ahead of kickoff. There's been a lot made about this two day travel that you guys get that extra day going out to Florida. How important is that? I mean, you obviously you've, you've dealt with this in, in past seasons. How big is, yeah. is the extra day of travel? Uh, I like it a lot. It gets us a little bit more acclimated, um, especially where we only do it when we go across the country. So um, I think it's kind of fun too. Uh, you know, you get out there and like I said, you kind of get used to it. You know, we'll feel the humidity and everything and we're excited for that. It's going to be awesome. So do we yeah. make too much out of humidity? I mean, I've heard about <laughs> wet footballs. I've heard about you guys are going to die because you're going to sweat a lot. Like, do we make too much out of the impact of humidity? I think so. I don't know. I served my mission in Tennessee, too. So I love the humidity, man. I think it's great. Yeah, you were in Nashville. That's right. I mean, yeah. I I just, I don't know, man. You guys are highly trained athletes. And I think, I think yes, it's humid. But it also gets humid in Utah. Breaking news, right? So uh, <laughs> not the way it does in Florida, obviously. But I, I think we make too much of that. And the last thing I'll ask you is, Let's talk about the psychological part of this game. I think Kalani talked a lot about that you guys have psychological coaching and you're playing a lot of of you're paying a lot of attention to the to to the brain part of this game. Mm -hmm. Has that changed? Is that something you guys have prioritized? Um, I think in all aspects, we've been trying to improve everywhere. I think all programs are trying to do that and us as well. I've seen lots of uh, awesome changes and kind of adjustments, tune-ups to where, yeah, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, we are, we can be tuned up and, and feel good in all those areas. And that's so important for our, for our playing ability, I'd say. Does that impact you snap to snap on the field when you're, when you guys are marching down the field, are you, are you using those tools, especially on the mental side? Are you using those tools on the field during a game? Oh yeah. I think, every, oh yeah, I am. I'm, everything's important, man, how you prepare, you know, how everything's going back at home, things like that. It helps you, man. And, and when you, you got something going, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a great momentum and, and it feels good. It feels right. So, well, and I, I wonder the things that I always think about is, you know, obviously second half, you know, you're, you're in Florida. This is a big game for you guys. Does that technique and does that work you've put in, does that prevent you from getting outside of technique? Does that prevent you from that holding call or that extra yard downfield that throws a flag? Does that, does that manifest itself, that preparation manifest itself in that way? Um, yeah, I, for the most part. Yeah. But you know, also you got to understand, well, you know, thing, everybody's, you know, nobody's perfect. So, you know, sometimes you're going to have some things that go, that won't go your way. 
but that's that's part of that mental side. You say, well, didn't go my way this time, but let's get it next time. You know what I mean? So you short have memory. that short memory. Yeah, exactly. And you have that that confidence and you have that honestly understanding too. if something went wrong, understand how to fix it, be mature about it, take accountability and uh, and move on and keep going. You know what I mean? So three in the morning, the baby's crying. Are you getting up or is Mrs. Lachance getting up? Uh, my wife, especially for fall camp, my wife, is she is amazing. She's, yeah, she's honestly the real MVP. So, Isn't it, isn't it crazy how much happy wife, happy life? Absolutely, we all get that. But isn't it crazy how important your wife is to your on-field production, your ability to perform? I mean, I have to imagine when you have a, a little one, she is a critical yeah. part of it. Oh yeah, she is, man. No, nothing better than family, and and she is seriously uh, my saving grace. So she's the best. Hey Harris, good to meet you, man. Good to see you on the show. Yeah. Good luck this weekend. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday morning. Appreciate it, brother. You bet. There you go, Harris Lachance, headed to South Florida as BYU takes on uh, South Florida, and what an impressive guy. Yeah, I mean, dude is dude. Clearly, he's got it going, you know. And I think this whole thing about. About having a kid and, and having to balance the the you know the, that side of your life with you know with football and trying to get to the NFL and you know clearly has very real aspirations and obviously the opportunity is very real for Harris to to make it and I think that that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment in life and I think a lot of times I feel like we kind of downplay getting to the league like oh yeah well you know you're you're playing at BYU you'll get to the league. You know, like getting to the NFL is a huge step in someone's someone's life. So I just think it was it was just cool to hear him talk about that. Yeah, and I, I think there is that stigma around BYU. Oh, well, they're just those old guys who went out and did missions mm-hmm. and now they just have this advantage. He's an offensive lineman who came back at two hundred and thirty pounds. You think that's an advantage? I agree the maturity factor. I agree the life skills, the the ability to handle yourself mentally. Sure. I agree those are important. He came back at 230 pounds to be a tackle at BYU. Bro. I mean, that is, I cannot tell you how much work. We joked yesterday about eating fettuccine. I cannot tell you. Do you know how much food those guys have to eat? Do you even live? To stay on weight. And with this, you know, with the the sweat and the conditioning that they're doing, they've been weighing themselves on a daily basis to understand how their body is processing fluids and how much weight are you losing? What hey, you bet? You weighed 10 pounds before practice. You weigh 20 pounds after. You weigh five pounds after. Like, they're really putting a lot into the physical processes, the, the metabolism of these guys on game day and in practice. And I, I think it's remarkable. I don't think... I know most people don't understand the physical toll football takes on your body, man. I wonder if he likes the Cougar Tail Built Bar. Oh, we should have asked him that. Should have asked him about the Built Bar. I love the Cougar Tail Built Bar. You've had it. I've I have. Now, to in her defense, Mrs. Monty is not nearly as physically capable or good looking as myself. All am, right, bro. Have a nice day. Didn't mean nothing by you it. You know, I'm clearly the face of the program. Right. Mrs. Monty does not enjoy the Cougar Tail built bar really she did not she did not like it and i'm not going to turn the camera but you're happy to go ahead did you like the the cougar tail built bar and you know the puffs are just tough for me because they're it's like just eating a marshmallow 
you know and so like i think after too many bites of the marshmallow like i just don't love it quite as much i think i like more substance yeah they well, taste good for sure taste good yeah yeah i love them but i love it i like the texture and i like the the i don't know what is it the maple covering yeah the drizzle yeah the the covering the drizzle the drizzle yeah Okay. You know. Um the other puffs, it's not drizzle. You're an idiot. Anyway, thank you. the point thank is you. <laughs> Thank you. The other the other puffs, like the orange one that I like so much, it's chocolate. And so if you eat if you eat one of those, like a, a puff built bar, a built bar puff in orange, if you eat if you eat one of those, you 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 I don't want to say you feel like you taste it for like a good forty minutes. When you eat the the cougar tail bar, and it's got like the caramel maple whatever you want to call it coating on it, it doesn't leave that residual. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. And by the way, the cougar tail bar. By the way, uh, every one of those sold a portion of it goes back to BYU football players. So if you if you want to support the program, you you should do that. Um, I yeah. Anyway, were uh, were we impressed with Harris? I was actually yes. really impressed by the guy. Yes, absolutely. That by the way, great. how nice is the BYU football facility? Oh Jesus, dude! <laughs> think they spent some money on that? Oh thing? my god, bro! That place is gorgeous. I think he should hang out in the blue room all the time. Yeah, it was dude. a good looking room. I thought with yeah. the with the sign behind him. I but I felt bad. He's like meandering around the facility trying to find a good place to 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 chill and. I appreciated that. Yeah. Good yeah. talking to him. Like, yes, absolutely. Good hearing absolutely. him talk about the, the young one, his son, and how it's changed him and getting right. I I think the humidity thing with, with that Harris talked about, I think it's absolutely overblown. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt it's absolutely overblown. Yeah. In my opinion. I think you conditioned for that. It has been an inordinarily hot summer here in Utah. Yeah. It's not been your usual. Um, it's not been your usual. 30 days over 100 degrees. It's been hot, and I'm not saying that's going to compare you or prepare you, excuse me, or compares to the humidity in Florida. I've spent a lot of time in Florida from spring training. There was a time in my life where I sold magazines door-to-door -door in Florida. Trust me when I say you you step outside to tie your shoe and you sweat. <laughs> but they're conditioned for that, and I think BYU has done a really good job of preparing their guys for that. So, hey, welcome, Harris Chance to the show. Yes, Full interview after the show will be uploaded if By you missed it. getting to Papa Murphy's website or downloading the download the Papa Murphy's app. Just do it. Because Harris LaChance is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, Harris will join us. Use the promo code MONTY25. MONTY25, no spaces. When you're checking out, put the promo code MONTY25 and it gives you 25% off of a $25 order of Papa, Papa Murphy's. Trust me when I say you're going to crush it. Because that saves you like seven bucks on your order. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Mitchell Harding joins the show and says, hey, guys, hope you, you're doing well. Mitchell, where have you been, my yeah, guy? where have you been, dude? He says, off-topic question, but what is your switcher setup on your uh, camera desk? We use this piece of – let me see if I can get Mitchell's comment off of there. Uh, let's go to the banner. Um, this device right here is called an ATEM Mini Extreme ISO. ATM, A-T-E-M, ATEM Mini Extreme ISO um, is the uh, is the switcher that we use. Breaking news this morning, um, as it is, uh, it seems like every morning on the show we have breaking news. Yeah. There's always um, something happening. The Big 12 is entering early TV negotiations with Fox and ESPN. This, according to ESPN, 
College football insider uh, Pete Thamel, who say Big 12 and its TV partners, Fox and ESPN, have agreed to enter early contract discussions about the league's next television deal. The conversation will begin soon and come a year and a half before the contract's exclusive negotiating window. Pete then followed up that tweet with another tweet where Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark confirmed this news, saying, quote, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if an early extension is the best interest of all parties. The Big 12 confirms that they are opening early TV negotiations with ESPN and Fox. Jake, what is your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that you know you have a lot of opportunities out there in the college football landscape to be added to the Big 12. And I think there's not a definition of what those are worth. So obviously the most notable example is San Diego State you know, adding the new Snapdragon facility and in, in, in the stadium and, you know, spending a lot of money uh, to try to bolster your value, which I think was smart by San Diego State, if I'm being honest. But I think that the Big yeah. 12 understands that the Big 10 has made moves and is making moves and that they will add Oregon and several of those other schools from the Pac-12 North, if you will. And I think that that the Big 12 knows opportunity is knocking. And I think that that's why you're getting um, what is possibly the most shocking portion of this news, that they're opening the negotiating window or whatever. They're starting conversations 18 months before they needed to. And I think that that really is a sign of, of where they're at mentally when they think about their situation, kind of understanding that, hey, the Big Ten's taking probably... 30% of the Pac-12 into its conference. If you know, like if you look at USC and UCLA have obviously have already gone, but then you look at that Oregon package, yeah, that's probably like what, five to seven teams that you're gonna add from the Pac-12. So the Big 12 is saying, okay, great. We're not trying to compete with the Big Ten. We're just simply saying we want to be the best of the rest. You know, we want to add all the value we can and we want to get some West Coast representation, which is exactly um, why they're interested in, you know, the Arizona school, San Diego State, you know, you're interested in the likes of Cal, maybe like there are opportunities. So that's what I think of it. I think it's a smart play. I think you need to get an evaluation on San Diego State and some of these other opportunities. But I'll also say if I'm Utah, I, this is a very crucial time. You need to be winning. Yes. You need to be a double digit win team. And I think that you need to get you know, solidified on where you're going to be in the next couple of seasons uh, from a conference standpoint. Are are you are you going to be in a position where you're in the Big 12? Are you going to be in a position where the Pac-12 is dissolving and you have to pull the ripcord and find a, uh, like, kind of a, you know, a quick exit somewhere? I don't even know what that would look like. That's what I think is concerning if you're Utah. Because if you're BYU, you're sitting pretty. And I think Utah getting to the Big 12 is a great move. Obviously, the Holy War, there's a lot of value there. But to me, I just think this is a this is a smart move at the conference level. Well, and I also think the uh, other big story this morning is this Duke volleyball BYU racial abuse thing because I think it's turned Situation. into a thing. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. Harris Lachance said that um, Tom Homo addressed the football team um, about this situation and said that they were looking into it, uh, which I also thought was an interesting nugget. But I also think this story that the Salt Lake Tribune put out yesterday, which was exceptionally well done, um, I really thought that was well done. I don't remember the the writer's name. I apologize. Um, but I thought it was exceptionally well done. And the big story in that story is there's no evidence this thing happened. 
There is no video evidence that there was racial abuse, and they have looked at all of the... Do you have the writer's name? Uh, Yeah, there's two writers, actually, Courtney Tanner and Kevin Reynolds. Great job by Courtney Tanner and uh, Kevin Reynolds uh, at the Salt Lake Tribune. There is a ton of video evidence. There are coaches' tapes. There are facility tapes. There is no video evidence showing anyone. There's not a video showing anyone dropping racial slurs or attacking this woman verbally with racial slurs while she was serving for Duke Volleyball. Furthermore, the story that comes out now is the kid that was banned from BYU was certainly not the one that was racially abusing this Duke Volleyball player. Video, the police confirmed that video corroborates the kid's story that he was not racially abusing this woman at no time when when this duke volleyball player and i'm intentionally not saying her name by the way but at no time when this duke volleyball player was back serving to the rock which is the byu student section at no time was this banned student who goes to um uvu at no time was that student seen on video even in the area let alone racially abusing this Duke volleyball player. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this story? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion that she fabricated it or made it up. I've seen a lot of Twitter noise saying that, you know, she smolletted it, you know, like I think that's all tongue-in-cheek. I, I think the reality of the well, situation is— Well, but that's is, an important comparison. Yeah. What that smollett reference is is to an actor in Chicago— who claimed he was out walking the streets of Chicago and was was beaten because he's black. And he called the police, filed a police report, went to trial and was found guilty of making those false accusations. That's why, I think his first name is Juicy or Juicy Smollett. Jussie Smollett. I don't remember the guy's first name. He, He was an actor on Empire the show Empire. And he completely, according to the court system now, he completely made it up. Yeah, and so the the point just is is that that comparison is being made, and I think that it's just a difficult situation because I I, I think it's an incredibly strong accusation and dangerous accusation to say that a a black athlete made up, um, you know, that they were called the N-word. That is an incredibly heavy, dangerous, impactful accusation to say that she made that up. That said, there is no video evidence of anybody doing it. So that's kind of where the water gets murky for me. I I don't know. Like, this is what we talk about in the NFL all the time. This is what we talk about in any, like in the Trevor Bauer situation or in the Deshaun Watson situation or whatever. Anytime someone's in trouble or anytime there's an issue a situation, a happening, um, you need video evidence. If you have video evidence and it supports what you're saying, then obviously the case is closed. But if you're saying one thing but no video evidence is is present, like that's a problem. And so I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what what to say or or, or what to you know what kind of opinion to have other than hey, there's no video evidence. This yeah. is a problem. I mean, I I I I hesitate 
to be like, yeah, she just made it up and she she didn't hear anything and this is complete garbage. Man, that is a very I just can't see very, going there. That's a very serious accusation. Yeah. And I think when you look at this 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 thing um and you begin to understand how serious this is, you look at what they wrote in the Salt Lake Tribune. And I think this is an incredibly important piece of this pie. This second paragraph here, when you read it, various BYU athletic employees have been reviewing video from BYU TV and other cameras in the facility that volleyball team has access to for film review. This has been an ongoing, uh, this has been ongoing since right after the match on Friday night. BYU Associate Athletic Director John McBride said in a statement, quote, the person who was banned was the person identified by Duke as using racial slurs. However, we have been unable to find any evidence of that person using slurs. I, I don't know. Then how do you ban this kid? Yeah, so now, so now, and, and I'm not saying the Trib is making this accusation, but when you start to kind of put these puzzle pieces together, if you will. Yeah. It's start like that statement right there brings up this concept of, okay, well, so is, is Duke covering for its athlete is like, like is not that I think they are, but like it starts to beg that question, here's, you know, but like it's just crazy. Here's the problem. And I know you touched on this. These are really serious accusations. Yeah. A number one, serious accusation. BYU fans racially abused a black volleyball player from Duke. That's a really serious accusation. That made national news. I want you to understand this. This is very serious. There are a lot of people accusing this young woman of fabricating this story. That's a really serious accusation to be made against this woman. Because we know the volatility in this country right now surrounding racial issues. To say that this young black woman made up a story that fans from BYU were racially abusing her is a very serious accusation. That is a life-altering, potentially life-ending accusation for this woman at, B at, at Duke. For this kid who was banned to be labeled a racist and he was the guy that was abusing this woman with racial slurs is a very serious accusation. To be using the terminology smoletted is a very serious accusation. We cannot just gloss over this. We cannot just let this fade away. This has to be figured out. Did this woman make that up? If she did, there needs to be serious repercussions for her. If there were fans in those stands racially abusing this woman, there needs to be serious repercussions for them. And Thanks. by the way, I think one of the more important parts of this story that we have to talk about, BYU's honor code would require people in those seats to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. It would require them to come forward and say, this is what I saw. This is the person who was doing X, Y, and Z. Not a single person in that section or any other section or any other part of this story has come forward as a witness to say, I saw this. I heard that. Here's what happened. Nobody. Let me pose this question, though, because I, I think a lot of people would have this question. What 
like in your opinion, how serious is 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 the honor code? Because I feel like for years when we were well, when when BYU football has been in conversation, the honor code has always been sort of this. I'm not going to say a laughing point, but like people have made fun of the honor code. They've said that it, you know, like it would be why you wouldn't go to BYU. So in situations like this, how serious is the honor code? I mean, is it something truly at BYU where people are like, yeah, the honor code says I have to do this, so I'm going to do it. That's what I'm really curious about in this situation. I don't mean to question, you know, the honor code's integrity or what it means or or what it tells its students to do, but what I'm just simply saying is from the student body, those people that were there that night, did they feel compelled to come forward by the honor code? Or is it a situation where the honor code lives, but the students don't really abide by it to that level? They're not impacted by it on that deep of a level. That's what I'm really curious about. Because to your point, no one's come forward. But is that because nothing yeah. happened? Or is that because they're they're just not compelled enough? That's what I think is fascinating. Nobody has come forward. And they've reviewed, like, and I want to make sure people understand this. Um, campus police say it doesn't appear the man who was eventually banned for racially abusing this volleyball player. Video evidence does not back up that story. That's the, th man, that's it's the a hard problem. Part. They've looked at a ton of tape on this. And they cannot find this kid even in that area when when this volleyball player. And what they've done is they've tried to, you know, patch this together in a timeline. This woman was serving back there in volleyball, serving, and they have that tape. And the kid that they accused, that Duke pointed out and accused of racially abusing this woman, is not even in the frame. Here's my other question: If it if if we suppose that this never happened, that there was no racial abuse, that nobody was saying anything. What was the reason for the cops showing up on the Duke bench? Was it just that they asked them to? Like, did the cops not hear anything? That's the other thing I'm waiting for. Hey, you had police on the bench, so they they must have heard something then. Well, you know what I, I mean? I, this is why I ask, what happened to the coaches? What happened to security? What happened to her teammates? What happened to anybody? The teammate portions also, I think, a anybody super important. Where is any? Because you're not you. And for those of you who who don't know the Rock, which is the BYU student section, it's not mild mannered people. Yeah, watching volleyball on BYU radio. They're loud. They're walkers. They're aggressive. Yes, they're one of the best student sections in the country. The Rock, you would have heard this. You would have heard this. But again, I want to be careful here because accusing her of lying about this is a really serious thing. Yes. And, you know, the other part of this is she's taking some heat because she's a woman. And you have to remember that. She's black, so she's a protected minority class. She's a woman. She's a protected minority class. Mm -hmm. She's an athlete. She's a teenager. She's a dookie, like... There's a lot of people for all of those reasons who will attack this person. Mm -hmm. But she said she was racially abused. There needs to be a full investigation of that, which I guarantee you is ongoing now. Well, and I think that's why we're here. You know, I think that yes. that, that this this review of 
you know, the footage, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's, you know, hundreds of hours of footage. It's footage from a game night. You're probably four hours deep on footage, oh. and you have points in that timeline Easily. where you're looking to try to figure out, hey, well, you know, we've got this angle, we've got that angle, we've got this angle, and we're having trouble finding but, it. But this is, and that's the problem. You yeah. have You have cameras that are fixed on different positions on the court so that you can see technique, you can coach and critique. There, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours, in my opinion. And okay, well, we got to pare that down to those cameras that are just able to give us a shot of that area yeah. from above, security footage, coaching tape. It takes forever, but they've they've spent a ton of time on this and haven't found one piece of video evidence. And I think the time thing's important. Remember when this happened? This was Friday night. This past Friday night, these accusations came out. So you've had Saturday. I'm going to say they probably didn't do Sunday. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, you didn't do anything on Sunday because it's BYU. Okay, great. So you've got Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, and now we're you know a couple hours into Wednesday. I'm going to guess that they have been tireless on this. They, I guarantee you they started watching tape Friday night. Yeah. Had to have. But take the accuser out of this. Take this young woman out of this. Mm -hmm. How do you feel if you're this student? That's been banned indefinitely from BYU athletics. Well, I think you're pissed. I think you're you're really upset. I think you're you're, you're you're upset. You've had a scarlet letter hung on you as a racist. Yeah, yeah, right. You were there to watch it, and this guy says, by the way, he he was accused not only of racial slurs, but he was accused of attacking this woman and threatening her safety. Mm -hmm. He said he admitted he approached her. But he said he approached her because she thought he thought she was his friend who played at BYU. And it's worth noting their uniforms are very, they're identical in color. The police noted that on the report. Yes. Because the Salt Lake Tribune did a fabulous job of getting that police report. He thought it was his friend, he said. Yeah. So for taking the accuser at face value, take the accused at face value. He said, hey, I thought this was my friend. That's why I walked up to her. Yeah. And then you add the, the the part of this equation that he this kid who's banned is not on tape anywhere. We're missing the fact while she's is, serving, dude. The fact is we're missing like like definitive video evidence one way or another. Because I got news for you: just saying you can't find anything isn't good enough. We like you need to see. Okay, we found dude in the stands at the time when she is saying that she heard this. Yeah. And he's not saying anything or or he is saying something or, you know, whatever they end up finding. So to this point, you know, to come out and say, because that's the other thing you need to consider here for them to come out and say, hey, we haven't found anything. That's also a powerful statement because you're you're putting out the messaging that, hey, like you did make this accusation, but we haven't been able to back it up through the video evidence. So that's what I'm saying. There is a lot at play here, and this is going to continue to go on. And I don't think that yes. that that we can make judgment one way or the other. I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that dude is innocent from from racially abusing someone, but I'm no. also not going to say no. I'm also not going to say that it's fact that he did because once again, we don't have it yet. So that's I just think it's a really a, it's a sensitive situation. B, it's 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 more volatile, frankly, because it's a religious institution, in my opinion. If this had happened at a at at Utah, let's say, just as an example, 
it wouldn't be as volatile because you don't have that religious piece talking right. about you know the faith and the honor code and and but let's be you honest. know what I mean. The like, state of Utah has a reputation as a racist state. The state the it first does. the it first stigma. the first conversation that happened on my Twitter feed when I tweeted this the other day. Oh well, it's named after Brigham Young. He was a racist and he had fifty six wives. Well, that was a hundred something years ago. And what the hell does that have to do with what happened in Provo on Friday night? Yeah. Nothing. And the problem is this plays to that stigma. It fuels the stereotypes. So it's very believable that a young black woman would come to Provo and somebody would call her the N-word. Yeah, you can put a story together. The only problem with that, Guy Holiday, who is, you know, racially mixed, he's Polynesian and he's black. Andy was a wide receiver coach at BYU, said he never had that experience. Mm-hmm. And you hear Harris LeChance, the offensive lineman who came on the show this morning, thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's, um, said that Tom Homo, the athletic director, talked to the team about this. BYU's taking this very seriously. Clearly. As they should be. The police are involved. The campus police are involved. Tom Homo's involved. The entire athletic administration's involved. Mm-hmm. And you found nothing? Nothing. Not even a little bit. Is this woman a liar? I have no idea. Did she think she heard something that she didn't hear? I don't know. But this kid who was accused, the police said, we found no evidence to support the accusations against him. And I have a real problem thinking that this Duke volleyball player rolled up to to the arena and was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to make this up and I'm going to, you know. Yeah, I, I'm going to fabricate a whole story to get on ESPN. I, I have trouble with that. I mean, you know, with all due respect, I have trouble with that. So that's why I say I don't think you can pass judgment one way or the other. But I think for, for from a, an institutional standpoint for BYU, the problem is it doesn't matter if it happened or it didn't happen. You're labeled as a racist institution now off of a one-off event that may or may not have happened. That's the problem. And that's why you need definitive video evidence one way or the other. Yep. Uh, Brandon Bond says, BYU administration listened to concerns in real time, placed security in the area, and sent admin to the stands to try and identify someone, and no one could confirm. Uh, uh, why Why did Duke not make a bigger deal about this in the moment? Another very relevant question. I, I, I have a hard time believing, and again, this is my opinion, I have a hard time believing that nobody in that section would have said something. I have a hard time believing that people at BYU would tolerate a flaming racist or a group of racists attacking a guest in their building, as Tom Homo put it. Yeah. I have a problem believing that. Okay, maybe not everybody, but you're telling me one single person wouldn't have stood up and said, hey, this is not right. We got to do something about this. I would have stood up and said, hey, I, you know what I would have done? I'd have gone and found a security guard. Yeah. I would have gone and found somebody and said, hey, you need to know that this guy right here is doing that. Well, and this is this plays into the whole texting thing at NFL games or at sporting events, really. Yeah. Now, I mean, and maybe BYU does it. I don't know. Someone can, can confirm or deny, but... But being able to text security the seat number and everything Mm-mm. to come and get dude, Mm-mm-mm. you can't tell me something like that wouldn't have happened. Whether it is what you said, hey, I'll go get somebody, or you text or whatever. I, that's why I say like it's there's just we're missing information here. You don't bring police to your bench, no, and 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 not have had heard something. But conversely, how is it that there's nothing on tape? 
That's my problem. Yeah. How is that possible? Yep. This hour of the show is brought to you by our good friend Devry Davis at the Davis Lending Team with Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278545. And, you know, we talk a lot about mortgage, real estate. Uh, we talk a lot about the trends. And right now the trend is house prices are going down. If you're a savvy negotiator and you're a cash buyer, you can win these deals. And by the way, how do you become a cash buyer? Well, you don't have $500,000 in cash, do you? Well, Devery Davis at the Davis Lending Team can absolutely, positively make you a cash buyer. Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team powered by Academy Mortgage. All right, first time home buyers, listen up. This one's for you. There's a huge misconception on how much it takes to buy a house. Is it 20%, is it 10%, is it 15%? The answer will surprise you. There's four mortgages in the United States. Two of them require no down payment, two require very minimal down payment. Out of that down payment, um, there's lots of places to get it from. There's state funds, county funds, city funds, lots of ways to buy a house, no money down. When I was 18, I got out of high school, I actually bought a brand new house, no money down, never regretted it if you have questions give me a shout glad to walk you through it have a great one Devery davis at the uh davis lending team academy mortgage he's an easy guy to talk to was chatting with him yesterday about this like it's good that people are calling Devery and asking him questions doing doing deals with Devery davis is one of the best things that you will ever do it's one of the best financial decisions you can ever make so call him today 801-543-9666 for Devery davis yes you can buy a house without putting any money down. Devery Davis can help you do that. If you've been thinking about it, call him today, 801-543-9666. And again, I know a lot of people have been asking us about um, you know, all the sponsors on our show. And guys, that's the way the business works. We need you to support our sponsors. Guys like Devery Davis who are small local businesses, because that's what Devery is. Yes, sure, he flies under the uh, Academy Mortgage banner, but Devery Davis is, is an individual business owner. Those are the guys you want to do business with. And whether it's Devery, whether it's you know Alma at Wayman Brothers Construction, the local Papa Murphy's Pizza's owners, like yep. those are the guys you want to support. Because those are the ones pumping money back into the into your local community. Barbecue Pit Stop. Barbecue Pit Stop's a great example of that. Support your local businesses by calling Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. Football, 50 in five minutes um, as we'll get you breaking news out of the Big 12. But I want to get some of your, your thoughts in here because I see a lot of people commenting on the Duke situation. Uh, Mark Rasmussen says people follow Brigham Young, dude. He was a white supremacist 200 years ago. Brigham Young, I believe, died in 1877. There's nobody, and, and this goes back to the thoughts about polygamy in our state. This goes back to, you know, the, the thoughts about, you know, racism in Utah. Like, I, there's nobody that's like, well, Brigham Young had 56 wives. Let me go buy some wedding rings. <sighs> Time to add to the, to the stable. There's nobody doing that, right? Yeah. There's nobody that says, well, Brigham Young owns slaves. So, you know, man, let me let me go out and there's nobody doing that. You know. And are, are is the theology, is the are the teachings still implemented today? Not on a wide level, they're not. And this is why you have apostles and quorums at BYU. Now I'm not LDS. I am not, I am not a member. I am not a BYU fan, 
But I'm telling you, you cannot condemn an institution based on what Brigham Young did 200 years ago. And by the way, and again, I don't or mean I don't mean this ago. in a disrespectful way, but I think it's really important to say you can't be condemning institutions, whether it's BYU or otherwise, based on your perception and opinion of you know people following Brigham Young. Like like we all have our perception of things. We all have our opinion on things. But but when we're talking about an institution who's been accused of a racial slur incident, I don't think it's doing it justice no. by just saying, well, people follow Brigham Young, dude. Well, dude, it's BYU. Dude, you need video evidence. Dude, you can't be making serious accusations of racial slurs to a black woman um, without video evidence. And the problem is, is there not only is there no video evidence, they have the video and nothing shows up yet. Well, so, and I think the bigger issue is that not only was did this woman make accusations that she was racially abused, she also made accusation accusations of violence, saying that her life was threatened, that she was told to watch her back walking to the bus, like the violence and racial threats, and which is also in question. These are serious accusations, man. Yeah, and they play into right now in our country with such a divide over race and and you know, theories and politics. And we've gotten away from the idea that we're all equal people, that we're not black or white or Latino or Asian, that we're Americans. We've gotten away from that. And the problem is if you cannot prove that this happened, it doesn't mean she's lying, right? Like T-Money says, since we it wasn't caught on camera, she's lying. The issue is she's making very serious accusations. And the way she described them, they almost certainly would have been caught on tape. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, well, and I think that the thing is, it, it, again, let's not do that. Like, let's not let's not try to twist words or or, yeah. or or try to make these, you know, like ridiculous comparisons to a guy who died in 1877. I can understand this logic of, hey, it's Brigham Young. Like, maybe some there's some cultural stuff there with some sect of the state of Utah okay, I can kind of get with you on that, but let's not sit here and say because we're talking about the fact that they have hours of footage and they haven't been able to find anything that we're saying she's lying. What I'm saying is whether she's lying or not, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, is it on tape or is it not on tape? And if it's not on tape, it leaves the whole situation in a very um, murky place. But you've wrecked a guy's life. In another fair point, you've hung a scarlet letter on a guy and called him a racist and said that he attacked you and threatened your life or threatened your safety. Let's let's even just say he said, watch your back on the way back to the bus. He threatened your safety mm -hmm. after racially abusing you. Mm -hmm. That guy's life will never be the same because now we know who he is. Now we know where he goes, what school he attends and what his name is. And now he's a racist. And what's everyone going to ask him about when he goes to class? Hey, what's did you really do it? I'm telling you, these are in times like these, it's 2022. We have never been more divided as a country. These are serious allegations that deserve serious investigation. Facts. This kid who got accused deserves better than this because if the cops truly clear him and they say based on evidence that they have, to, talking to people, interviewing fans, interviewing admin, interviewing... XYZ, looking at tape. He's not even in that student section when she was being racially abused, allegedly. And now I think you have to say allegedly. You do. Racially abused. Yeah, you do. He's not even in the tape. He's not even on the tape.
They looked at all the students. He's not there. He allegedly said what he said. He's not there. So yeah, now I want to be really clear. We're not saying that the guy's innocent or didn't do it, right? But what we're saying is we're having an honest discussion, and we're saying, hey, this is what the evidence to this point right here today at whatever time it is, 8.51 on Wednesday morning says. I'm not saying she's lying. I'm also not, not saying that dude didn't racially abuse her. There's a chance that he did, absolutely. But again, I just think we get into a really difficult situation. Like with, with like, I'll keep going back to the Trevor Bauer thing. There was no video evidence that Trevor Bauer ever beat the living hell out of that woman. And the problem is, is there was text message conversation that didn't look good for her. In this situation, what do you have? What substance do you have to go left or to go right? You don't, we as, as media, the public, BYU, you don't have anything to stand on. And the other thing that I think is really important to say here before we get to football at 50, we have to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I. It doesn't matter. I, I'm a guy that I just don't believe your race defines you. I don't believe that because you're black or white or Asian, Latino, whatever you want to identify as, that's, that's, that's your right. Your actions and your words define you. And when we are so divided as a country, and I don't even think I'm being dramatic, we are a powder keg right now. And I, I'm a, a guy that believes the fuse has already been lit. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to talk to each other. And we have to be able to say, hey, look, whether this is a an investigation into racial abuse or petty theft, I don't care. We need to know what happened. And if we can't talk through this stuff, and if we can't be men and women and Americans and say, hey, well, what did you see? What did I see? How do you feel about it? Well, you know, I see it differently. If we can't exchange ideas without being called racists and liars and bigots. We're in trouble. We lost ourselves, man. And that's the problem right now. I think we've lost ourselves. So this is a huge discussion that I think we need to continue to track and we need to continue to follow because people's lives are being changed forever and their legacies and reputations are being destroyed based on this exact situation. And now it's time for football at 50 on the Monty show <laughs> uh, presented by Papa Murphy's pizza. Um, so thrilled to welcome Papa Murphy's to the show. It really is a brand that we truly use on a weekly basis. Um, Mrs. Monty, Jake, and I really look forward to weekends, Saturdays, Fridays. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll do it on Friday night. It's been a long week and you've worked hard. You pop that Papa Murphy's pizza on the Traeger smoker. 25 minutes later, you have got absolute awesomeness in your mouth. That felt a little awkward. Oh, and did it? So did what, it? What, I, what I had meant to say... Oh. is you have amazing um, pizza in 25 minutes off the Traeger smoker, out of your pizza oven, um, you know, out of your regular oven, your convection oven. There's all kinds of ways to bake that pizza. But all you do is get online at papamurphys.com, get on their app, uh, download their app. It's super easy. You put it on your phone. It'll remember your orders. You can just click reorder and then use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y 25, no spaces. It gets you 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's. The biggest story in college football this morning, without question, is Pete Thamel dropping bombs. bombs. It's a Thamel bomb. Yeah. The Big 12 
has opened TV negotiations early with its uh, two partners, Fox and ESPN. Having agreed to enter early contract discussions about the league's next TV deal, the conversations will begin soon and come 18 months ahead of their original schedule. This is not rumors now. Brett Yorkman, the commissioner of the Big 12, has confirmed to Pete Thamel at ESPN by saying, quote, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if an early extension is the best interest of all parties. Jake, go. Yeah, I think that, that this Big 12 situation is really smart from a conference perspective uh, at the conference level. I think that the Big 12 has to value its its opportunities. You have to understand, all right, hey, San Diego State is only valuable to us because they're in Southern California, not because San Diego State is some prolific program. And then while they are a good program in football and obviously in basketball, it's not like they're a P5 gotta have it no doubt about it program but the market is or that's at least what we think so the big 12 is saying hey let's get this going sooner because we understand in 18 months the pac-12 might not even exist we understand in 18 months we may not even exist if we're not careful so let's get that revenue up let's get that revenue per school yes. climbing the mountain because we just saw the big 10 sign a seven billion dollar deal that will go up to ten billion dollars after they add Oregon and the rest of that Pac-12 group that we've talked about at nauseum on this show. So to me, this is really smart. To me, the Big 12 is, is making the correct move here. And one side note to this conversation, if you're Utah, A, there's more pressure now than there's ever been to win. B, I don't know that it's an absolute slam dunk to get into the Big 12. I think you need to see you know, what the valuation of San Diego State is and what the Big 12 prioritizes and what they want, I would think you get in. But I I just, I'm waiting for that news to come out that it's assured that you're getting in. Because if you're not in the Pac-12 dissolves and you have nowhere to go, that's not a good place to be at all. Hey, by the way, I think part of this story that we've talked about with, um, you know, the situation at BYU and the volleyball player is BYU is not officially in the Big 12 yet. I mean, you don't start Big 12 membership until next year yeah I mean that's another part of this by the way I I that's why I think BYU has to be so aggressive with this um ooh, breaking news out of the NBA by the way uh Yahoo sources through Chris Haynes say a felony charge against free agent center Montrez Harrell uh of trafficking marijuana has been reduced to possession which is a misdemeanor Oh. Uh, yeah, judge ruled this morning if he if he is in good legal standing for the next 12 months, the misdemeanor will be removed from his record. Hmm. Ooh, that is a huge break for Montrez Harrell. Uh, Football at 50 brought to you by Papa Murphy's. What about this Jimmy Garoppolo story? Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. And we ran out of time yesterday Jimmy trying Garoppolo. to talk about this. But Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Mr. Forever Backup, never good enough as a starter. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, yeah. Which is why he is still on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo renegotiated his contract, got him under their salary cap at a comfortable number, Gave him a no trade clause, and now he will go to camp or go to go with the 49ers, excuse me, as the backup to Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I hate this well, for Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't love it for Trey Lance. I think the team needs to come out and 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 really definitively say, hey, Trey, Trey's the guy we're going with. The Jimmy thing is just because we had to figure it out. 
And I think Jimmy is going to see the field this year. I, I, I think that that's kind of what we're waiting for. How long, What what is the leash? What is the patience factor for Trey Lance struggling? Because I think we can all agree that Trey Lance is not going to come out and be some 5,000-yard passer that's lighting the league on fire. That said, I think he can be serviceable. I still think they can make the playoffs. But at the same time, I think that having Jimmy G sitting there, you know, it's a it's a interesting situation. I think the most surprising factor here with the renegotiation of Jimmy G's contract is he was willing to take so much less. That's why this became a possibility. So to me, Jimmy G is just simply saying, hey, like, yeah, I wanted to get paid this year. So to me, yeah. if you're Jimmy G, six million bucks to hold a clipboard for most of the year is a nice little deal. And then next year you can figure it out. So I think it's actually a decent deal for Jimmy. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, there's no doubt about it. When you look at Trey Lance, uh, he needs to be the dude. He yeah. needs to be the guy. He needs to be the number one. And I think when you look at um, Trey, he's going to make or break this year. I think they're, they're – and I, I don't mean to speak for you. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But um, I, I think this is make or break for Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. you, this is a year you succeed or this is a year you fail. Well, this is the year where you're going to get thrown into the Tua pile or you're going to get thrown in the Patty Mahomes pile, right? Like, I mean, that's – because with Tua, everyone's like, well, he's not good enough and it's just a matter of time, Right. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert route is, hey, yep, prove it year. You got the job done. You went to the playoffs. You may have lost in the playoffs, but you're definitely our guy for the foreseeable future. And so that's what I think Trey Lance is dealing with. And I think it doesn't help that Jimmy G took him to a Super Bowl. That doesn't yeah. help Trey Lance at all. Yep. Football 50 brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, one of our newest sponsors on the show really needs you guys to support our, our, our ventures with our sponsors, including Papa Murphy's. Um, we love the fact that they gave us a promo code Monty 25 to get you 25% off your purchases of $25 or more. And trust me when I say that is that's $7 off your pizza order. That's a good bit of cash back in your pocket at Papa Murphy's pizza, the best take and bake really plain and simple the best pizza in the business is at papa murphy's jimmy touchdown gives us two more jimmy god bless you jimmy and says is papa murphy's related to papa john no, no. in no way shape or form. but i think i and i don't think that's a silly question like i i think a lot of people wonder that papa murphy's is its own separate thing they are not related at all yep uh let's see uh blood of depanta says i'm not gonna lie the way you all review racism doesn't make sense um, the, I encourage everyone here to, uh, maybe do deeper reading and learn how racism actually works. Okay. Blood of DePanta. How does it tell actually us how work? it works? I would love, honest to God, I, I, I would love to understand this. Yeah. Let's hear it. Because I think this is a really important conversation because if you're telling me that, you know, I don't understand how racism works. Oh, please do explain, enlighten me. Um, because I, I want to know your thoughts. I value your opinion and uh, honestly, you illuminate me. Yeah, honestly and truly, I I, I want to hear from you. Um, let's see. Asgill says uh, it's it's a fine line in the NFL. Um, it's a fine line in the NFL because injuries are so prevalent that you need a good backup. But it makes it way too easy to bench Lance at any point. Can't make me can't make Lance feel like he could be benched. Yeah, I think that Trey Lance has zero reason to believe in himself right now. Um, to be confident of his position even because he's just not played well enough. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy who, in my opinion, just simply hasn't done what has needed to be done uh, to solidify the, the, the level at which he was drafted, which is not his own fault. 
Um, I look at Jordan Love and Green Bay very much in the same situation. I mean, it's not his fault he was drafted to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the National Football League. Yep. And when you draft Trevor Lawrence or when you, you draft Zach Wilson or any of these guys as high as they've drafted you know, a guy like Trey Lance, the expectations have to go up because yes. they're paying you a very high level. Trey Lance has not played very much football in his life. If you go back, especially college in the NFL, between injuries and just a lack of ops, I mean, this is a guy who's just not played a lot of football. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see see what what that looks like. Um, All right. Obviously, the other story that everybody here is, uh, is here to talk about this morning is this new report that the Washington Wizards want in. Um, on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. And the very latest on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, it's funny, I'm sitting here uh, texting with uh, a couple of NBA sources are that this is still the Knicks deal to lose. I asked this morning of some sources that I speak to regularly, you know, are the Wizards a serious contender? Um, one of the other teams you hear a lot, the, the Atlanta Hawks, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Charlotte Hornets, this is the Knicks deal to lose. There's no question about that. The New York Knicks have the most to offer, and they have the most to offer a third team as well, which is why the Laker deal made so much sense. Danny Ainge has not also, I've confirmed, lowered his asking price at all. Danny Ainge wants four first-round picks and probably three young players. Um, He knows he's going to have to take back a veteran contract. I think, based on what I've heard the last 24 to 36 hours, the Laker-Jazz deal is still very much a possibility. I want it. Um, I think Lakers, Jazz, and Knicks still makes a whole lot of sense, even with R.J. Barrett not available because of the poison pill provision mm-hmm. um, on those rookie extensions. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Jazz. If you are going to trade Donovan Mitchell, you're going to go into a full rebuild. There's no doubt about that. You would want the $47 million in cap space that goes along with Russell Westbrook. Now, does Jeannie Buss, the owner of the, the L.A. Lakers, commenting that, Russell Westbrook was their best player last year. Jeannie Buss said that. Does Jeannie Buss saying that Russell Westbrook was their best player last year impact these deals at all? I don't think it does. I think there's a lot of politicking and a lot of smoke screening that goes on when you're talking about trading players, the caliber of a Donovan Mitchell, the caliber of a a Russell Westbrook. I think there's a lot of smoke screens that get put up here, Jake. But if you had to guess... What do you think happens with Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, I I think my my gut tells me that the guy winds up going to camp, you know, and probably plays the first half. I I think that I just the more I think about this, and again, this is just me kind of going off logic and instinct and my gut feeling on it. I I I feel like these two, you know, Danny Ainge and Leon Rose, have just been going back and forth. And it has nothing to do with the Lakers or the Wizards or anything outside. The picks are taken care of, right? The Lakers are going to give the Jazz two. The Knicks would give the Jazz two in this three-team scenario. So Danny's got his picks. The, the question really comes down to Quentin Grimes and these young players. And I think that, you know, Leon has not wanted to give up Quentin Grimes and has only wanted to, to, to provide uh, a couple of certain guys, you know, in the quickly top in, you know, maybe a Fournier potentially, and we'll see what it is, but the Grimes portion has really been the sticking point. And so when I look at this, my gut instinct tells me, hey, they're at a, they're at a gridlock right now. I, because the problem is, is I just don't know, like, where, where else are you going to push or massage the trade value if you really think about it? Danny doesn't want Julius Randle. Danny doesn't want R.J. Barrett. And obviously, you just extended him, so that kind of changes things a bit. So I just... I don't know, man. I, my instinct tells me that Donovan goes to camp as a jazz man 
And then, you know, as the season goes on and things happen and, and changes are made, like then I think before the deadline, potentially a deal could be done, you know, potentially that's, that's where I think we are. And I just feel that way because these two guys are in gridlock. There's nowhere else to go. It's Grimes or it's not happening. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and again, I think that if somebody's going to compromise here, it's probably going to be Leon Rose with Grimes. And I think that, that there is a lot of reason to believe that Leon would compromise on that because, frankly, if you bring in Don and you only give up two unprotected first-round picks, I think you you would be a lot more amenable, a lot more open to the idea of giving up more um, because there's just no reason not to. Well, in this conversation of not doing the deal because you don't want to give up crimes also is a bad look. Oh, I would agree with that. I think it is. It just doesn't. It's never made a lot of sense, and I know we've talked about this a lot on the show, but it's never made a lot of sense. Yeah that you would simply not make a Donovan Mitchell trade um, because you wanted to keep Quentin Grimes. That's never fit. Now, is Quentin Grimes just too far over a line? Oh, I'm sure that could be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, Emmanuel quickly, you know, the Walker Kesslers of the world. Hey, are the Knicks, you know, are, or the Jazz willing to send Walker Kessler? Like, I mean, those are all conversations you can have. Maybe Leon's not willing to go over a line. And one of the, the conversations I had on Monday when this came out about R.J. Barrett was, well, what does this really mean? Because from the jump, my sources at the Jazz told me, well, this has nothing to do with whether we do a deal with the Knicks or not. Yeah. What this means is, okay, well, now what else is going to be in the trade if R.J. Barrett's off the table altogether? What else is in this deal? And what that means is you have to consider, you know, are the Knicks going to ask for a Jared Vanderbilt, a Walker Kessler, a Malik Beasley? Are the Lakers going to ask you for a Kessler, a Beasley to go along with a, you know, a Bogdanovich instead of a Mike Conley? Like all these things you have to consider. And real quick, I want to show you this um, story from The Athletic. This is Jeannie Buss's comments about Patrick Beverly and, you know, her thoughts on whether Pat and Russ can play together. And I think she brings up a very accurate comparison here in The Athletic. Um, she said, I remember all that video circulated. The Lakers brought in Matt Barnes and his relationship with Kobe over the years. And now, you know, they become teammates. We've seen these storylines before and read right here what she says about Pat Bev. We've seen these storylines before. Pat Beverly was brought here to play defense, to be that guy that knows how to push his teammates, who sets an example with how he approaches his job. The day of the trade, he, Patrick Beverly, was already here after work hours working out. I got a chance to say hello to him as I was leaving for the day. He just brings that work ethic that we value, that Coach Ham values, so it has nothing to do with Russ. And then she went on to say, and I think this is really important as well, look at this, look at this from The Athletic. All I can say is that from my viewpoint, Westbrook was our best player last year. Showed up, He played per, uh, pretty much every single night, showed up, worked hard. You know, I would have loved to have seen what this team would have looked like if they had stayed healthy. Then listen to this. It's really tough to win when Anthony Davis isn't on the court. She has multiple times now called out Anthony Davis for a guy that's constantly hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I will not, the day that the Lakers trade Anthony Davis, I will not be surprised. Yeah, I disagree with her on the Westbrook thing, though, with Patrick Beverly. 
The problem, the reason that the Kobe Matt Barnes thing is not a good comparison is because that was Kobe's team. You were either going to alpha male, you were it was Kobe's way or it was the highway, and that's not the case here in Los Angeles now. It is not Russell Westbrook's team; it's LeBron's team, and I think that Russell Westbrook is a guy who's been paid crazy money. He's at that point in his career where it's really not about the money; it's more about winning a championship, and and I think that Russ cares deeply about doing that in his hometown. And so for me, I I just don't like that that Matt Barnes Kobe comparison because it wasn't up to Matt Barnes. It was never going to be about him. It was always about Kobe and everybody else. Whereas in this situation, you know, Jeannie has clearly come out and said, "Hey, you know, Pat Bev was brought in for a very specific reason." And then she goes on to say, and this is why why everyone's latched onto this that Russell Westbrook you know, was our best player. And while that might be true, the way that came off is, hey, well, I said something nice about Pat. I better make sure that I, you know, give Russ some credit too. So we're already playing the Pat versus Russ game yes. without even trying. Yes. And that's my yes. problem. That's, I love that. That's my issue. Yeah. Uh, so you're I don't already, know. by saying there's no drama, you're creating you're drama. You're already creating yeah. it yeah. In, in a, in a, in a, in a time and place for the Lakers organization where the click, the Clippers have been kicking the hell out of you for like the last seven years. Like you might want to get to a place. And, and I love that she's criticizing Anthony Davis because I think the Lakers have to get back to a place where they have their one face of the franchise and that face of the franchise can't be constantly hurt with all due respect to Anthony Davis. Everyone knows he can be an MVP, but you can't be an MVP if you're hurt. And so that's why I say like this is the year whether like for Anthony Davis you're again talk about guys on the prove it list this year AD is absolutely one of those guys yep i agree uh Jimmy touchdown pays Jimmy! us two more dollars Jimmy bro to say that sources equal reading ESPN's homepage yeah well you can believe that but the fact is is we do have sources uh we've been right and and the beautiful thing is we're not like the radio stations in this town Go back and watch our YouTube channel. Yeah. It's all on tape. So James Knight says, explain to me what the motive is uh, for Donovan to be traded. Is it at Don's request or otherwise? I, I, no. I think the motive is that when you're Danny Ainge and you're trying to get your financial house in order, if you're going to offer me four first-round picks that are unprotected and three players the caliber of a Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, and Obi Toppin, I'm going to do that deal. Because Danny knows that, one, he's going to have to make trades because he's in Utah. It's more, much more challenging to get free agents. And two, I think they're trying to get their financial house in order. So my feeling is, is that you're going to see if they get what they're asking for, if Danny gets four, four first-round picks, he's going to make that trade. Yeah. As he should. And as my jazz sources tell me all the time, it'd be irresponsible of Danny Ainge not to pursue four unprotected first-round picks. I'd like to just point out how many times Danny Ainge is going to bust the league up with a ridiculous trade return. Can I just keep pointing that yeah. out? Like, I don't know what Danny Ainge does or the magic of Danny Ainge or or what that phone call looks like to Leon Rose or any of the guys that he that like, you know, uh, what Tim Connolly in, in Minnesota, like, I don't know what he says to these guys, but his ability to get return is, is pretty impressive, man. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Wow. Look at Tanner Plummer. Tanner Plummer says, not going to lie. This episode of the Monty show has been pretty lame so far. 
Well, I mean, Tanner, what what is it that we can do to to please you, sir? I don't know. Greg Hawkins says, "Sup, y'all? What's up, Greg Hawkins? Good to see you, friend." Um, I I don't I don't I mean I guess we're just not good enough anymore. Jamie. Yeah, I got. I mean, you know, I mean, we should probably turn the when, over I, to somebody. You know, here's else. here's what I'm gonna say. Don't just comment your like like don't just say we don't know much about racism. Don't just say the episode's been lame. Yeah, I well, need wise. I need like explanations on why you feel that way. Where is blood a panther? Like that's what that's what I'm looking for, bro. Blood a panther says uh, I wouldn't mind having a conversation with you all if you want. I have two degrees in history with a specialization in North American Black history. I don't often flex this online, but yeah. Yeah, you're qualified. Well, There's and that's no doubt look, about that. I, here's the deal. I, I, you deserve credit for having those degrees and having those accolades. There's no doubt about that. I, I think you deserve a lot of credit for that. I think at the same time, you know, you can tell us we don't know much about racism, but the fact is, is we covered the Colin Kaepernick situation. We've covered many situations that I think deal we've with been, race. I think we've been pretty... I think we, we've been fair. I think we we've been honest. Comment, we don't just comment off the cuff. Like, we, you know, we reach out to people. We, like, Go try listen to get to the, frame of like, reference. Like, listen to the Guy Holiday interview. Listen to our first conversation on this on, on this topic. Literally... And and I don't know if if you're in Salt Lake or if you're if you're somewhere else, but if you're in Salt Lake, then you know that nobody else in this town had that conversation, but we did. So I can get down with, hey, you saying that we don't know much about racism? That's fine, I guess. That's your opinion. I'm cool with it. But at the same time, I feel like we have good conversations. And as far as Tanner is concerned, I don't know what you want, bro. Like I don't know what what entertainment factor you're looking for because we covered like. Like everything that you would want to talk about as far as a sports fans concerned. Mark Rashmussen says, when it comes to politics, you guys are so hard to listen to. Well, Mark, you don't often agree with our political views. Yeah. So Which is different. It's not that it's hard to listen to. You just disagree. Yeah. And and I'm I'm here for that. I mean, I'm happy to have discussions about politics, but I'm not the guy that's gonna get into four more years or stop the steal or any of the ridiculous you know, arguments and fights that people love to have. That's not, that's not what this show's about. This show is about a, a free exchange of ideas. You know, like I, I, I just, you know, so when you say, Hey, when Tanner says, you know, this show's been disappointing today. Okay. Well, what exactly has it been disappointing about? You know, I, I just, I don't yeah, know. I, I would love to hear the whys. You know, I, like, I don't know why you can't, exchange ideas you know james knight says makes me chuckle when critical comments about the show while it's tuning into the show yeah i mean you're here and we appreciate that ken williams says the problem is race issues need to die in this country the media needs to be careful about the issue well i i don't think that i actually am on the other side of that ken i i think i think issues of race need to be openly and honestly talked about loudly publicly in mass yeah we need to have those conversations the problem is in this country, we call that a riot. We call that a, a a a war. We don't call them conversations. We don't call them, you know, relationships. And that's really the issue that that when this stuff at BYU happens, that's really the issue. Is it? It doesn't matter, you know, what you think happened. Mm-hmm. You you because you don't think it happened. You just most not you specifically, Ken. But nine out of ten people go to what they know happened. Mm-hmm. We're evidence based. We're we we look at the facts as they are presented by those on both sides of the 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 discussion. 
So like in, in the Provo situation, if you listen to the show on Monday, we absolutely, and I think I even said, you have to give this young woman the benefit of the doubt. You have to. Well, now the problem is that there's been a thorough vetting of the situation and there's zero evidence, not even a little bit, not one person, not like there's zero evidence to back up or corroborate the accusations that Duke has made here. Yeah. And what I'm not willing to do is hang a guy out to dry um, on false allegations. And I think we can't be scared to say that. That's the part of the conversation that I think people get a little hesitant on saying like, hey, like this guy that, that she accused of doing this, this fan that they that they banned, is having his life wrecked because of these accusations. So how, so if it comes out, let's say, you know, what's today, Wednesday, let's say it comes out Monday that, that this guy had nothing to do with it. And we already know that he wasn't in the stands when it happened. Like it's yeah. kind of going that way already on some level. So if it comes out Monday, let's say that dude had nothing to do with it and, and he's completely innocent of any wrongdoing. Are we, are we then going to get comments that we know nothing about race or is the conversation going to be, Hey, yeah, maybe we did. Maybe we did jump the gun on that, and that's what I think we have to be careful of. That's why yes. when we talk about these conversations, you have to remember. And I know I I keep saying this because we have a lot of new people coming to the channel. We are not owned by anybody, and I hope everybody understands that there are no political agendas here. There are no like greater overreaching goals. Like we're just here to have the conversation, and like he just said, we're just looking at like what we know so far. And that's that, hey, accusations were made that were very serious. The police and BYU are vetting those accusations, and through video evidence, they haven't been able to find anything yet. Maybe that changes. Maybe they do find something. Yeah. But right here today, they don't have anything. So what else are we supposed to say? Well, and I look at, like, Pudge NYC, uh, E. Good to see you, Pudge. He says, don't talk race or religion at all. I don't think you could do that. But what? But what? But let me ask this question. I, I and 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 I, and I'm not trying to dig into you here, Pudge. But I think it's a very pertinent question. What justice does that do to the situation? Would you rather listen to a show that just does generic content that steers away from anything that really matters in the world, or would you rather listen to the show that has the conversation and really dives into it? That's my thing. We're not willing to just skip over things that, that are relevant to our listener. So we're not CNN. We're not Fox News. We're not a political show. We're a sports talk show. I got news for you, man. Again, all jokes aside, with all due respect, this is a sports issue. You were at a volleyball game or proverbial you, right? This happened at a volleyball game. And accusations of racial slurs being said were made and accusations like, of violence. This is a sports issue. It's yeah. not a politic issue, and it's BYU. Yeah, and it's Utah, and you know, come on. Uh, Greg Hawkins gives us a fifty dollar tip. Greg, what's up, man? Appreciate you. He says, "I think you guys do a good job talking about race." Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I think um, a lot of us. My opinion is, and I'm not trying to paint a broad brush, but I do feel like in the comments right now. A lot of people have are, are uncomfortable with racial topics, and it, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a comfortable conversation no, to it's have. It's not fun, but I think it's a necessary <laughs> conversation to have. If this happened, like this happened, speaking of Westbrook, right? This happened at a Jazz game several years ago when he was still uh, with Oklahoma City, and everyone was happy to talk about it then. So why is it that we're uncomfortable 
having this conversation about a college institution. All right, a couple more, and then we need to get on with getting on because uh, we've got to talk about the expense of iPhones. Uh, Tanner Plummer uh, says, well, Tanner, what can we do better? Here's a suggestion. Talk less about the Donovan Mitchell trade stuff. We're all burned out over it. That's why this episode has been lame so far. Well, just well, because you don't like talking about it doesn't, doesn't mean – that it's not relevant. It like, is by far the biggest story in Utah sports. By and, the way, the fact the the reason we're talking about it today is there's all kinds of talk about him going to the Wizards. What would you have us talk about? Let me get a list of what you'd have us talk about. Help me. Well, and, and I'm, I'm guessing Tanner wants to talk football. Well, we had Harris Lachance on the show. We talked about the the lines earlier in the show. Like I I, I just you know I think that I think that this Donovan Mitchell thing. I'm burned out talking about it as well, but. It's a huge story. But but I'm being serious. I'm I'm not even trying to be an asshole about this. What 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 would you have us do? We're we're a local sports talk <laughs> show in Salt Lake City. Almighty finesse says I'm here only for Donovan Mitchell trade. Like talk. what like I just don't understand <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what we're all here to talk about. By the way, we've talked Lakers, we talk Nets almost on a daily basis. I mean, we talk like really it's not just Donovan Mitchell. It is general NBA. And tomorrow, the entire show tomorrow is football. Like tomorrow, you're going to get locks on on BYU in Utah. Like tomorrow, you're going to get some NFL talk. Like there's a lot that happened I, and is going to happen. So I just don't understand like the, the, the frustration around us talking Donovan Mitchell when that's what everyone wants to talk about. Yep. Greg like, said, I'm sure they'll preview the Utah BYU games coming up this week. Yeah. Yeah. Remi and a reminder, Greg, very good point brought by you as usual. Um, we're off on Friday. We're traveling to Hawaii Friday. Um, and we will do shows over the next two weeks when we're in Hawaii. We will be doing shows from the islands. So, um, but, you know, like on, on th Thursday on the show tomorrow, it's already Thursday. Guy, it's already Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow on the show, there's a lot going on. We have a huge new sponsor coming on board. Um, a very important partner of ours is coming on. Um, so that's happening tomorrow. Uh, we will have full previews on both BYU and Utah. You already know we started football at 50 today. Thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's pizza. Like we have a ton of football on this show. It's okay to say that you're burned out on the Donovan Mitchell topic, Tanner, but, yeah. don't, but please don't come in here and say that like, and, and, and I do take it personally on some level because we work our ass off to put on a good show every day. Don't come in here and say the show has been disappointing when it has not been. No, he said the show was lame. Okay, the show is lame. Whatever. Yeah, can the you get it right? Was, Jesus. We haven't disappointed like, anybody. Yeah, we're just lame. We're just lame. You know what I mean? Like, let's not <laughs> say that the show essentially sucks or is lame because you're burned out on the topic. I've had conversations on this show. I know for a fact you watch us every day on your TV. I know you do. So then you know that we've talked about. Hey, we're burned out on it too. But I have news for you. When you do a sports talk show, it's not about what we want to talk about. It's about what the listener cares about. We talk about the biggest stories in Utah sports every single day. So, And if that's Big 12, we talk about Big 12. Pac-12, NBA, NFL. Are we clear on that? That's what we talk about. We can talk about Britton Covey getting cut if you'd like. And the good news is. Like, we can talk about that. And the good news is that BYU fans say we talk too much Utah. Mm -hmm. Utah fans say we talk too much BYU. Mm -hmm. Jazz fans say we talk too much Knicks. Knicks fans say we talk too much Jazz. Donnie, please. I feel like the world's going around. Zayman says, Harris Lachance interview was awesome. Dude's a beast. Thank you. He really is, though. I appreciate that. Uh, TC says, the vetting is done by other white people, so I would not put too much credit into that. How do you know? Could be. But Absolutely how do you, but, but, could but be. But no, hold on. How do you know that the vetting is done by other white people? Like... 
do you do you do you see the issue with that? That's what that's precisely what I'm getting at here. You're you're assuming that it's done by other white people. Do you think making a comment about other white people helps a racial issue? Probably not. Probably not, right? So let's not say it's done but, by other white but people. But there is good news. Like, I, I get to say, brother! Jesus. But Jesus is my brother. And you're going to say, we don't know anything about race. Come on now. Jake is fired up. Like, damn. You've triggered Jake. Yeah. Uh, brother! Says, fun fact, the Monty Show has got to be great to be talking about race and non-political. I got the list right here. We're talking about sports talk, and Monty is the number one show. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, T-Money says, without the DM trade talk, what the F would these clowns going to talk about? College football? Okay. Well, I, I, Was that a compliment? Uh, the Nye guy says, Tanner just wants Real Salt Lake talk. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. You I know. can tell you that right now. You know. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, uh, here's the Real Salt Lake talk. They tied their last two games. Okay, moving on. <laughs> that's right, T. Damn. Love you, Greg. All right. Damn. Why don't we talk about something we all have in common? Damn. The fact that we pay far too much for our iPhones. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because this is ridiculous now. Yeah. So Our iPhone's too expensive, Jake. So I think we pay. So I. So we both have you know iPhone 13 Pro Max, and it's really important <laughs> you understand the storage options. We have the one terabyte model, which I yes. think we pay $12.99 for, if I remember correctly. The new iPhone 14 Pro Max one terabyte option is coming out. The pricing on that has some people a little upset. The reason people are a little upset about that is because the new price is $16.99 for an iPhone 14 Pro Max one terabyte storage option. That's an issue. So my question just was, and the reason I want to talk about this is how much are you willing to pay for a phone? Even if it's an installment plan, right? Because that's how we do phones, like new yes. every two. Yep. You know, you're paying a monthly cost or whatever. How much are we willing to pay for phones? And by the way, how long are you going to keep your phone? Because I, I, I also think the build quality of phones has you know, come so far now. It's kind of like this issue with car sales. Cars are so good now. They run for so long that less people are buying cars. Well, do you, are you well, get to brass tax? No, I'm not buying the 14. I'm not. You're not. I'm not buying the 14. Wow. No way, dude. Nope. Nope. You're not going to. I, I probably will. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that, bro. You okay, can do so that. I, you, I, I just don't threshold? think it's worth it. What's I, the threshold for the, money? The threshold, I, 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 it's it's not necessarily the price. It's more about price versus what you're getting. I mean, you, you're essentially charging four to five hundred more dollars for the most expensive phone because it, it, it you're getting a better camera. Like, and, and I'm not even trying to dumb that down. That is like you're, you're getting better camera resolution. It's 48 megapixels. It you know you're able to introduce 8K video capturing. But the problem is is that 8K is not an industry standard right now. 4K is just now hitting YouTube as far yeah. as resolution yes. quality. So yes. to me, when I read that, I'm like, hey, yeah, that's neat and everything, but I just that doesn't really move the needle for me. By the way, Mrs. Monty just walked downstairs with a laptop and two bowls of oatmeal. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Um, a lot of people still going back and forth. Lopes Van Gabe says, Tanner, YouTube is a vast place, my guy. If you think the show is lame, go watch cat videos or something. Oh my god, dude! Okay, we don't need to make it personal. Go watch I love you, cat Gabe, bro. I, I, I love you, Gabe. That was funny, shit. but but let's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch cat. I love you, Gabe. Yeah, Tanner. It's it's all good, dude. I understand what you're saying. 
He says, I still love the show, Gabe, but I wish they would talk less Mitchell because we're all burned out over it. But, okay, again, I, I need you to answer this question. Okay, talk less Mitchell and talk more what? And RSL is not an answer, with all due respect. Giggity says, I don't pay squat for iPhones. Android for life. Who's with me? Stop Here's it. Here's the conversation gets difficult. You knew, you knew the Androiders were going to show up. You See, knew it. And Giggity is such a good dude. Well, was, was, what, was, you, was, you, yeah, you. was, was, may he rest in peace. So you better check yourself. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. Let's see. Uh, Ken Williams says, guys, you do a great job of getting the word out. I like the show. Great job. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Buddy. Kurt Meyer says, I'm a sports junkie and listen to a lot of sports show. The Monty show is top cabin. They are very informed and I trust their opinion. Good job, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Greg Hawkins, Tanner, I'm also burned out on the Donovan trade stuff, but I am not a huge NBA guy, more on college football. The NBA guys in our chat probably like it more, which is fine. True. But I think it's important to point out, that's very fair comment, football start really on the show starts tomorrow. Like, we start at Football 50 today. A couple of things we got to vamp up with that segment. It's going to get a little bit better, music, energy. You know, we'll, we'll get some stuff built into that. But football talk on a daily basis really starts tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Cam Harrison says, I'm buying the iPhone 14. That's my guy. But here's my thing. Are you really <laughs> willing to pay? I, what would that be? I, like, I, I guess it depends on your phone plan, but I, I think just for the installment plan on the device itself is like 30, 40 bucks a month at least. Now, I know that that's not like a left leg of cost, but it's more the premise of it. It's enough. Like, it's enough that you notice yeah. it, and I feel like when you're – you know, as we've said repeatedly, like, you know, we're doing a lot. There's many big announcements coming. You combine that, like, with inflation and the cost of life and everything we're trying to do. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I don't need a new phone yet. I'm yeah. just not ready. Uh, Brandon Whiteside said, just got a Fold 4, and I love it. Oh, that phone. The folding the phone is cool. Is that the phone I think it is? I'm going to look. What, why do you like it? What, what's your, I haven't really researched this a ton, but, like, what's your favorite part? I mean, obviously the folding technique, but, like, what is your favorite it is the phone that i was thinking of yeah it is yeah that phone looks amazing yeah well one it's an android um but it just it's cool that it folds in half you can have a larger screen that's my guess Brandon, the screen is bigger yeah you get it, the larger okay. screen yeah. and, and whatnot uh darshana ben hur says is byu part of the big 12 starting this year next year next year uh almighty uh finesse says these two clowns talking about iphone shake my head i know uh iphone trash i can stand i can't stand apple ken williams says well okay james Knight says don't judge me i'm still rolling with an iphone xr lol damn wow. bro that's sick i wouldn't even say you're rolling you're more you're more like uh tumbling <laughs> tumbling you know it's it's fine yeah uh giggity says let's talk about the recent iphone security issue never heard of it it's perfect well, in all ways in all ways, Steve Jobs is amazing. Right. He's dead. Right. Um, let's see. Almighty Finesse says these two are jazz fans. We are? How do you know that? See, again. This Wait, is did you do you have a poster on the wall behind us of John Stockton or Carl Malone? Yeah. No, no, the guy who the guy who dominated oh, the, them. You know what? You know, Great point. The guy who has Great the point. rings. I, yeah, I'm not a jazz fan. And no, it wasn't a push off. But again, oh God. Why would you bring that up? Um <laughs> But the funny thing is, that's how we're, uh, we know we're doing it right. Well, you're a, you're a jazz fan. Well, you're not a jazz fan. These two clowns have a Jordan poster on the wall. 
We're not jazz fans. Uh, Tariq says Homer Radio. Okay. Okay. Ruff's official. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Buckle Come on. up. Let's go. I disagree with your political, your politics often, but you guys got my respect for going back and talking about the unsubstantiated claims. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Good to see you, Ruff. Always. Cody Strickland, I have I have a not 10 cracked and missing pen. When I A note 10, as I think what you mean. Uh, when I'm ready for it, I'm going to pay $100 insurance and get a replacement for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well played. Exactly right. Uh, let's see. Cody says Note 10, yes. Code says uh, Pornhub had 4K before YouTube. Okay, great. Uh, okay, that's cool. I'm glad you're educated on that. <laughs> People are laughing about it. Um, you know, it is what it is. Let's see. Caleb Harrison, what's up, my guy? What's up, dude? Uh, Caleb says, I want a bigger iPhone, but for $16.99, geez. Well, and you see my well, point, like the six, the sixteen ninety nine price on paper feels heavy, but then when you put, put, put it, put it into a monthly package, you can kind of stomach it. In do my... you, so do you spend $16.99 on your package monthly? Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much self-explanatory. Right. Sorry. I misunderstood. <laughs> Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio. Uh, says iPhone for life. Thank you. Uh, Tanner still going. Says talk less Mitchell. Talk more other NBA stories. We talked about Westbrook. Bro, like, Dude, by the way, yesterday was not a good basketball day on the show. Went and played some hoop. And uh, did not shoot well. <laughs> did not shoot well. Okay. Uh, not, no, nope. I No, I did not. Uh, no. No, I did not. Nope, did not shoot well. Nope. Okay, let's move on. Caleb says, might just keep my 12, LOL. That's probably not a bad it's idea. It's a good phone. Uh, Jared Jensen says, Craven Moorhead is back, and I'm burned out on Donovan. Craven Moorhead is back. Uh, Arlington Bears. Chris Karn, good morning, friend. He says, I have not paid for a phone in 10 years. Wow. Samsung sends me a new phone every six months. Android for life. Brother. Brother. Love it. Uh, Lopes fan says, uh, need our Wrexham FC talk. Let's go. I actually love that show. Yeah, it's a great show. The Wrexham show on, on FX. You're not going to catch us talking about the club, but the show itself is bomb. Slang Tang. Slang Tang. Tanner, there are no other NBA stories. Maybe Miles Bridges. Well, look at, look at, um, oh my, the center. Montrez. Montrez Harrell. He got off on weed charges today. Well, he didn't. All gas. Never mind. No break. Never mind. Uh, Asgill says the Apple culture is toxic. <clears throat> okay okay nope nope rugs not reading that one no sir that's a black hole uh <laughs> no brother says i i never used an iphone like 10 year uh, 10 long years apple is cheap android is not lame besides i got the samsung galaxy flip three with half a phone and half hey a guys. tablet and it cost a thousand dollars part of t-mobile okay okay oh nice, pudge Pudge, 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 we are soulmates. Pudge says, long live the Blackberry. Mm, oh, the Pearl. I love, I love Blackberry. Jake and I had a huge fight when he was in high school because I threw him in the pool. Deesh. We had a swimming pool at one point when, you know, I actually made money. Yeah. Uh, and I threw Jake in the swimming pool and his Blackberry Pearl was destroyed. Boo. He was really upset. Yeah. Um, what's the food story today? Um, I mean, it's National Trail Mix Day. There it is, National Trail Mix Day. Yeah. A- M and M's in your trail mix. Hell yes, or not? yes, yes. M and M's, peanuts, uh, raisins. These nuts? No peanuts. <laughs> um, yeah. 
That's that's what's in my trail mix. We are giving you a trip for two to the trail mix capital of the world, uh, Las Vegas. It's, well, the M&M capital of the world. They have two huge M&M yes, stores yes, on yes. the strip. Um, we are sending you to see uh, BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. Go to Barbecue Pit Stop in Layton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George, or shop online at bbqpitstop.com. Thank you, Harris LaChance, brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza. You're going to order Papa Murphy's tonight. You're going to use the, the code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25. Huge new sponsor joins the show tomorrow. Full preview of BYU and South Florida of Utah, the Juts, and the Florida Gators. That's tomorrow. Off on Friday, back on Monday. Tanner, we will try to do better tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, we will try not to disappoint everybody and their mom, okay? Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.